0: This is Brian Kennard, the author of Hellbox, also the creator of the Villicon Chronicles, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus.
1: I me mean, it's tom and zeus with another episode of shout it out Loudcast, episode 87 studio versus live tom how are you and then tell us what who do you got with us
0: well it's a it's a late tuesday evening and i couldn't be better because our special guest maybe the most handsome face to ever bless the video screen on my skype right now <laughs> it's the one and only joey casada What's up what, boys? How are you? What's up Joey? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for uh joining us. How are you, buddy? It is great to be back, boys. You know I love the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. I
1: don't think Joey has listened in a bit because do you know that you have a you have theme music. I have my own theme music? Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
2: So is it the is it, hold on. Is it is it the Godfather theme? Yes, yes. the Godfather uh, Waltz. Mean, well, I was I mean I had I had three guesses and that was my first, so. <laughs> yes. It was either that, either Tiger or um, maybe Real American. Oh yes, <laughs> nothing better than Hulk Hogan's "I'm a Real American."
1: Rick Derringer.
0: That's true. That's true. No, it's Absolutely. the it's the god it's the Godfather theme. So yes. Yeah, we can't Beautiful. do it,
1: Joey. Anytime your name gets mentioned, and actually, it happens quite often.
2: Oh yeah, like yeah, you know, I, you can ask so and so or Joey Casada, and all of a sudden the theme music what, comes. You're, you're getting a bonus here today because this is little Joey Casada right here. Wow. And this is, don't worry, this is not a real rifle This is actually, believe it or not It's a it's a red, look, a Red rider BB gun, classic Ooh. This is a real one Wow, if, okay If anyone's ever seen the Christmas story, this is a real Red rider from of the course. 50s Of
0: course, well don't shoot your eye out live
2: during the podcast, okay? <laughs> uh,
0: Joe, <laughs>
1: and he's obviously he's, the more intelligent and you know, handsome see, look, of look, the Joe, you, men you see,
2: you see the
0: ugly guy with the red shirt? Shoot him <laughs> Oh, God. We may have to publish him, this Joe. video here now. Yeah. All right. I, All right you
1: got I'm him. You got him.
2: I'm feeling threatened live he's on the of, air, Tom. He's big, Joe. He might need two bullets. Oh. <laughs> well, he's, well, he's a he's a New Yorker
0: with a gun. What do you expect? Oh, yeah, of course. There's
1: going to be a live crime scene on the air today.
2: <laughs> exactly. I've got whacked in the head with that gun many a night. Trust me. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, we can tell. Um. So tom joey how the hell are you guys
0: uh doing great we're doing great it's it's, it's exciting to have joey back you know uh s- summer's ending we got labor day weekend coming actually by the time people hear this they'll be in the middle of labor day weekend yeah. uh joey how how are you my friend you staying healthy we know you're a busy man with your new book why don't you talk about that a little bit
2: yeah doing great i mean again quarantine is a blessing and it's a curse so you know you have to try to take it for what it is so you know, we've everyone's been home since March doing trying to do nothing. You know, I'm not the type of guy that can just sit around and do nothing. I'm, I'm always trying to get things get things done. I can't you know, I can't rest for two seconds. So, you know, during quarantine, I've been working on my show wrestling with Joey Licious, of course. But because we're in quarantine, you know, produ- all productions have stopped. You know, I can't pitch my show anywhere. I've had, you know, meetings upon meetings and stuff, you know, but things can't get done. Because no one's really producing anything, no one's going to put money into something that they can't film right now. Yeah. So what I wind up doing, my partner and I, we basically took we took the show and we made a novel out of the show. So this wow. is really this is what Wrestling with jo- with Joeylicious season one will be when it airs. This is the novelization. You know, you, when Star Wars comes out, sometimes. You get the novelization before the actual movie comes out. Yep. And a lot of movies do that. So some same thing like The Godfather, right? So this is the novelization of wrestling with Licious. So you're gonna see, you know, Hulk Hogan's in here, Stone Cold Steve Austin's in here, Chris Jericho, Mick Foley. Listen, I don't need to take advice from the drummer in a kid's band, okay? Whoa, whoa.
0: You don't even have a drum set,
1: well, you got a tambourine.
2: I'm sorry if a Canadian couldn't understand how I was talking, maybe I should say it in French. I'll lock kick your ass. Okay, so you're a racist. All right. Too. I'm not racist. Really? I just don't really? like you anymore. Really? You want a fracas? Yeah, you want to throw hands? Let's go. Oh, you're going to hit me with that schnoz? It's like Come a on. plantain stuck in the middle of your face. Wacky stories and scenarios of, you know, if you've seen the shorts on Amazon Prime that they're streaming right now, if you go on Amazon Prime, Wrestling with Joey Licious is streaming on there right now. And if you check that out, you'll see what this is all about. This is on sale right now. Believe it or not, Crazy enough, it's the number one wrestling book in the country right now. Wow. I'm beating, I'm beating the Young Bucks who just released their book, Jericho's book, Hogan's book. I've been texting Chris Jericho all week, breaking his balls, that I'm beating all the AEW guys, their book sales, I'm number one. And he nice. just he thinks I'm lying to him. He can't believe it. So I'm taking screenshots <laughs> of Amazon all week long just to prove to him that this is, believe it or not, the number one book in the country. So if you guys get a chance crazy listeners out there it's not you don't have to be a wrestling fan to like it it's about the 80s it's about nostalgia it's about just a brooklyn kid or any city kid growing up and you know wacky stuff that happens to them
0: awesome congratulations joey that's great and uh, yeah that must be going up jericho's ass sideways the fact that your, the, your book is beaten him but we know you guys have a good relationship so it's all that's all in good fun but congratulations that's great buddy thanks so much guys
1: yeah, and I think that's the only time and the last time anybody's going to compare your writing to Mario Puzo's
2: The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> listen, but, you, if you listen, this is some classic stuff. Trust me. I'm telling well, you. They're, they're, tell me if, if The Godfather has a scene where Ric Flair and Joey Licious take on senior citizens at a bingo hall. That? that is true. That is true. That's not in go The Godfather. Go.
1: I will say this to you, buddy. So... When we connected about a year or so ago and I I started watching some of the stuff, you mentioned what Joey Lisha was going to be in your book over here. Right there, you know, the one you were complaining that you couldn't see over here. You know, start with the dream. It's a little buried, but I'll take it. Yeah. Start with the dream. Out and available right now. You can pick it up. It is also on Amazon, yes. Yes. And you mentioned about what you were planning on doing with this and how, how how it works and how do you pitch it and things like that. So I went and I saw... You know, everybody should go on YouTube. Joey's got a great page. You can check all his videos. I saw every one of those things. And all I kept saying to myself was, damn, these are short. I wish he could make more and do more. And I get what you're doing now. You're putting those into instead of just 10 minute video clips, you made the whole story, which would have been an actual
2: season if it got exactly picked right. Up. And that's brilliant. Good job. Thanks, that's dude. awesome. Very cool. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been fun, guys. It's, again, like I said, I can't sit home in quarantine doing nothing. So, you know, I'm all about pr- productivity and, and, you know, I try to get things done. So and even though I'm on, I, I do have time to spare for you beautiful men. You know, I am I am a busy man, but I, there's nothing I love more than talking kiss.
0: Absolutely good. And we're glad we're glad you're here tonight because we get a fun episode to talk to.
1: talk Yeah, about, me. and that and that is true. But, you know, we I don't think Either any of us or have a problem talking. So if we don't get this thing moving, we're gonna be here till midnight. So what do we want to talk about first, Joey's we we had an episode last week, and I don't know if you know we've done a, an episode. It's kind of like a new segment, and we call it "Talk to Me," like after the A song. Oh, and it was two issues last year. We talked about Vinnie Vincent and all his, you know, strangeness. This and uh, also Eddie Trunk, aka Stewart, on our show. And just the venting about he's been doing about live and backing tracks and fake cheater Chris and all that crap. This year, we decided to talk about what were two things to get off our chest. We're annoyed because of the pandemic. One is the lack of anything that Kiss is doing during this time period. And the second thing was what we've called the new character on the show. And he's called Pandemic Paul, where he goes around (laughs) (laughs) spouting these uh, Renaissance man ideas that all of a sudden he is and this credibility that he's so desperately seeking that he will not get because he wrote uh, all night. <laughs> so listen, it,
2: you know, I, I love kiss more than anyone. I, but know, I have I to, know. I have to tell you, I agree with you. I mean, you know, Paul, you know, I, I've, I, I know Paul pretty well now. Luckily I got to tour with him, like I said, and and I got to know a personal side of Paul that most people don't know and you know, from his book, some people love that book so much, but I find I found it a little pretentious. I found it, you know, he was looking for sympathy, he was looking for something, you know, he he never got in his life. And I love Paul. Don't get me wrong, I respect him. He's he's my favorite front man of all time. He's in my of my favorite band of all time. But, you know, I, I'm not one of those guys that can just like everything. You know what I mean? So Thank I, you. I totally get where you're coming from. He he Paul. He's and I hate. And I'm sure he'll. So he'll find his way back to him somewhere on this. Paul is uncomfortable in his own skin. He's one of those guys that was never comfortable in his own skin, and he tries to prove himself over and over again. Where if he just be, he just makes himself calm and be himself. He doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. He's Paul F. And Stanley, but he constantly thinks he has to validate himself. Whether it was with. His Broadway appearance or his live to win record or his now his soul station or the book, whatever it was he or his paintings, he always thinks he has to prove himself where he should just sit back and be comfortable with what he's done in his life.
0: Perfectly said. And I said this to Zeus. I said, you know, what a perfect timing to have you on. Because, like Zeus said, at the start of every episode, we go backwards to the previous episode and just kind of do a, a recap. So I said, it's, you know, the timing was perfect because I really wanted your epi- your your uh, opinion and your input on this. And and, and I'm glad, you know, look, we're going to get into some feedback from some of the listeners and followers on social media because you know, obviously, not everybody agrees, and we don't expect everybody to agree. Um, but but your your insight. More meaningful than our insight, for the most part, because, like you said, you know Paul. You've had a, a a little bit of a relationship with him, and you know him. And and like you said, he's seeking validation. He's seeking to be approved and liked. And you know, if that's that's him, that's that's him. But you know, like Zeus said, if anybody's listened to this show before, we really have a hard time controlling our opinions, <laughs> and we let them out. Whether people well, like it, whether why, people like
2: it or not. That's why I love the show. You should, you know. This is a forum where you, you know, there's plenty of podcasts out there and plenty of Kiss podcasts out there that that just go through the motions and worship everything they do, and the Kiss is the greatest, and they're gods, and they can do no wrong. There's nothing. Listen, I love Kiss more than anyone, and I still love everything they do, but it doesn't mean I can't criticize and see things for what they are. You Enough. know what I mean? And you, you trust me, you didn't have to tour with Paul Stanley to know that's what he's. Doing and that's the type of person he is. I know, you know, just because he's a mega rock star and a mega millionaire doesn't mean he thinks differently than the average Joe. You know, the average guy that you know didn't grow up with a lot and maybe got ridiculed as a kid and stuff is still seeking validation and still seeking approval from you know the cool kids on the block. And I get it. You know, he's still suffering from that, and I understand it. But it's Paul. It's time to relax. You're Paul Stanley. You you did it. You did it, dude. Yep. Like, True. Trad-
1: yeah, what I've been uh, and what I've been harping on and my side of this is that I've said that Paul wants to now during this pandemic, he's a serious person. He's important, a, a person with an important opinion. So he chimes in with all these like renaissance things that he comes up with in, in these theories and you should vote and that. Like- like, he used to mock these people. He used exactly. to constantly say yeah. about celebrities who wants to hear them talk. But now, come sit down with me, Dan Rather. Yeah. I will tell you about it. There's no Kiss products behind him. Right. You know, he's got his, what do you call it, tie on. He's got his legs crossed. He, You know, he's a serious artist. He does R&B. He'll tell, uh, who was the guy he interviewed with, Ch- uh, Tom? Jump on a masa,
0: jump on a masa. You'll
1: yeah. sit down. And I, tell him, I saw oh, that. I had classical music in my house growing up. I listened to, I listened to Buddy Guy. I listen, like, dude, you're not stop. They're and never the, going to accept you in that click. You're Paul Stanley from Kiss, and you're a badass as you are. <laughs> this pandemic, Paul, riding your fucking popping endos on your BMX bike and shit like that, like no one cares.
2: Yeah. So you know what's funny too? It's funny because if you really look back in kiss history, right, it it's it's happened the same way over and over again. They go through the same cycles. It's so predictable. KISS was, you know, out to get the world in the early 70s, right? They became Super KISS, 79, 80, 81. Gene and Paul especially became these pretentious type people trying to please the critics with their, their ties on, they cut their hair short. We're going to be serious now. And the elder, I love the elder, but that was yeah. their mind. That was their mindset where we want to be respected as people and artists. Then yeah. all of a sudden that got killed. Everything flopped. Then they became, you know, Paul Stanley cursing every concert in, in yeah. the eighties. F this, you know, tits that and ask this and blah, blah, blah. Mr. 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 Vulgar, That was okay, And then the reunion came around again. The popularity soared through the roof. And all of a sudden, now, again, he's prim and proper. Mr. You know, we we did everything right. We never made a mistake. You should follow our model. And it's just you can see the cycle. Success breeds um, that 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 complacency that they feel like they can dictate and and preach to people. But then, when they're when they're not succeeding, they have to be those hungry, crazy guys again. It's just it's 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 funny. No, yeah.
0: that's, that's awesome. That's no, well said. Interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah and maybe we can get some more pasta with fucking peas in it. Photos, yeah. his, right? his his dinner photos. But
1: you know, the problem is too. In addition to that, Joey, there's so many people that you want to yell at in the Kiss Army that just give him praise. Oh my god, that's the greatest pasta I've ever seen, Paul. You can yeah, cook. Yeah, but I get it. it, what, it just- I mean. I- I'm like, stop enabling this shit.
2: <laughs> Tell yeah, him to fucking nah, play his solo album. That's like, never going to happen. There's going to be people out there that, you know, will lick everything off of the bottom of his shoe. It doesn't matter. Yes. And listen, I, I listen. I respect. Let him do what he wants to do. He He's earned at least that. He's earned do what you want to do. Oh, yeah. My, my complaint is I don't think that's what you want to do. I think you're, you're being a person you're not real. You're not real anymore
0: exactly and that's what we said that's what we said he's it it's just it's it's phony because it's not the paul that everybody knows so like like zoo said now you're doing it because you're not touring and you want to stay relevant in other things besides kiss and like zoo said to try to reinvent yourself and you know comment on the on the politics and the panda and you can do that we we said last week when we were taught he has every right to do that he has that he has that that platform and that freedom and he's a he's a world famous artist and musician but Look, us KISS fans also have the right to say, dude, shut up. No one wants to hear any of this. Just please Absolutely. stop. Please stop. Yeah. And,
2: that, and that should be okay to do that, too. He should yeah. be allowed to do whatever he wants to do, but we don't have to swallow everything that he does either. And right. it doesn't mean that he should isolate us as KISS fans either. Just because we don't love what you're doing doesn't mean we're less of a KISS fan. It just means we don't agree with what you're doing.
0: Right. Exactly. Thank you. Perfect. Yep. Perfectly said. Let's go to our poll. What did we do, Tom? So the poll was, um, you know, we talked about we we put up for to, to, for people to vote. Wh- which is more, which is more frustrating, or what? What are you more annoyed with? The, the lack of activity from Kiss during the pandemic. You know, no live streams, no concerts, no real merchandising, whatever. Or pandemic poll, and <laughs> you know, those are the two things. <laughs> And you know, to no surprise, pandemic Paul is kind of our little way of ranting against Paul. So, you know, it's no surprise seventy percent of the votes said that they're more frustrated with the lack of activity from Kiss. And that that that's the that's the right answer. I mean, the pandemic yeah. Paul thing is fun, but if you if you're a Kiss fan, you're frustrated that um, you know, like we said in our last episode, these bands that are doing. Uh, These live streams, or they're putting up things on their YouTube page. You know, like like Metallica was doing Metallica Mondays. You know, go and watch one of their old shows from the Master of Puppets tour in 1986. You know, Kiss just isn't really doing that. They're not really staying engaged with their fans. We talked about how Paul at the beginning he was doing that. He was doing those those little videos with him and his acoustic guitar. You know, talking about chords and lyrics and whatever. And then that just went away. And and Zeus is and and Zeus right. And Zeus thinks that right. Zeus thinks that's because. Paul probably got some feedback from some of the Kiss haters out there saying, oh, you can't sing or that sounds like shit. And of course, sensitive Paul was like, well, I'm not doing that anymore.
1: Yeah, and then he plays Harder Than Hell, just plays the music. He doesn't even sing it. You're the yeah. freaking songwriter and in the, in the, in the singer of that song. So right. then he just, because it got to him. It must have got to him. And then all of a sudden, it disappears. No more. Yep, yep.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I would have just, you know, I would have voted for KISS content as well. And it yeah. had nothing to do with the pandemic. I think KISS has been lacking in content for the last 20 years. Agreed. I, th- I think, you know, they haven't released anything. What have they done? I know I know the two albums, but they have so much back stuff catalog-wise, video-wise. How do they not have their own streaming service? That's what are what they Zeus, doing? That, that's what Zeus it's, brought up last it, week. A, yeah, Kiss, it's, a, it's, yep. Of course, a month. Get every Kiss Maniac to buy it. Then you could boost it up after, you know, after a year. You put it in $9.99. Unlimited Kiss footage. Constant Kiss footage. um, New content with interviews. You have behind-the-scenes stuff. You have so many tours to come from. They're just missing the boat. They're they're supposed to be the, you know, the biggest band in history as far as media is concerned. And and video and, and shock rock and all this stuff. They released nothing. Think about the, what was the last video they released? Vegas?
0: Yes, Kiss Rocks Vegas.
2: What year was that?
0: 2015,
2: 16 maybe? And before that, what was the last one before that? Rock the Nation. Rock the Nation. Rock the Nation maybe? And that was 2005 they released that. So, so they're yep. doing good. Almost to every ten years, we get something. Whoa, <laughs> exactly. pretty good. Exactly
0: for the for the most visually stimulating rock band in the history of music, and they're not putting anything out. Right?
2: They've done ten cruises. Where where's right. the greatest hits of the cruise DVD? That's yeah. actually a, that's actually a great point, Joey. Of course. He, I,
0: right a cruise dvd with 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 the you know the sail away set the acoustic ah. the concert. yeah that's actually an interesting point yeah you're not right but you know what
2: greatest, dude not even a greatest hit you could do one for every cruise we i would buy every one when you buy exactly. every one
1: absolutely
0: yeah but paul's probably thinking uh-uh if you want to experience the cruise you gotta buy a ticket to get on the boat ah,
2: dude they're missing the boat because they'll make more money off sales of dvds and streams than they will on the boat
0: Agreed. Yeah. You're right.
1: Joey, I know you've been talking about it. I've been talking to, I don't know who came up with it first, but you are right. I, I've said it. And then you can market this intelligently. You can have the whole discography on there. Any Kiss song. You telling me that everybody doesn't want to have an iPhone app where I don't have to load all my Kiss songs on? It's just there and I can play any Kiss song. And then they release a new live album every
2: couple of months or every year at least or something. Dude, even all the Rock, the tour that I did with them, the Rock the Nation tour, I have every inst- instant live. From oh, yeah, we got tour. those. Yep. Yeah, but, but you can't stream those anywhere. You can't do anything with those. Right. How is that all not re-released somewhere? Those shows were killer. Paul was still sounding great back then. So those, yep. and they were there was a lot of rarities in those set lists. All the way, she, there were so many, I lo- Love Her All I Can was in those set lists sometimes. There's so listen, we're not, we don't even know what they have. Right. They have so much content that for them not to be releasing stuff, and I don't mean for free. I get it. Don't release it for free. I'll I'll be glad to buy it. You know what? You know what? I don't want. I don't want a purple fucking double platinum LP. That's what I don't want. <laughs> Thank you. I don't see, want... I'm the
0: old, see. I'm the idiot who buys that stuff. I'm a vinyl collector geek. So I'm a, I'm I'm the sucker right there.
2: <laughs> no, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Right. Everyone has th- has their stuff. I'll buy every doll there is out there and stuff. So everyone has what they love to buy. But I think we can all agree, you know what we love more than all of that stuff? Video and music content. That's what mm-hmm. we love.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What do what are, what are some of the fans think with some of the feedback? Yeah, you got? Uh, Tom, Graham Richley always
1: writes in, pandemic Paul doesn't bother me. I expect he feels <laughs> he's covering <laughs> messages. That are bigger issues than Kiss's activity. I can't disagree. Right now, Kiss, no doubt, is more important to the fans and those who are in it. That's only natural. And then JR wrote "Pandemic Paul." Um, what, uh, a name. what a great
2: game. What a it's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: He's not, you know, uh, John Gross writes pandemic Paul, because like you both mentioned the episode, he's become everything he rallied against in the past. Much like Howard Stern these days has become what he used to make fun of being. I will say you guys are really funny about it, though. Uh, Kiss man said neither. Apparently he's on the uh, thou shall never, ever say anything bad about kiss group. God bless him. He's he's uh, he's uh, he's got his opinion. They all should have it. And then um Deuce, our good friend Deuce, talks about what we talk about, Joey, and that is an app. And like Zeus said, loaded up on videos, concerts, interviews, music. Kiss has got so much history, so much material, so much stuff we've never seen. I personally can never get enough of Kiss.
2: I'm the dog on the table, happy to get some scraps. Kiss, it's true, with well, their, mis- you know, a Kiss, you know, Kiss always thinks of themselves like this, but then when it comes to playing with the big boys, they don't do it. Yep. Kiss is. Disney they're WWE they're Marvel they're all of these big giant brands they're one of them they should market themselves as one of them they can have why if Disney and WWE and all these places can have their own streaming service why can't kiss is there a reason probably they 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 just
0: they they probably just don't feel like they have to I mean they're just complacence. but you're right yeah
2: I gotta tell you I, I I disagree with you you know what I think it is they're getting the, they're, they're not getting the right advice from people. They're not, they don't think of it. They live, they live in this box where everything, everyone else says, what? Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Doc says something. They, they don't ever have an outside opinion, a non-yes man. Well, Joey, to tell them, Hey, why don't you try this? You should go for this. Do this. Joey, that's exactly
0: right. Which is why a lot of these recent albums, who, 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 who's producing them? Paul.
2: And that's the failure of those albums too. I mean, I like Sonic Boom a little bit, but you know, sonically and even just editing wise, as far as songwriting goes, they're just flat. They're right. you know, especially Monster, they, they just fell flat. And do I still think they have it in them? Yes, I think if they get a producer, and I don't mean a Sonics producer, I mean a produce a songwriting producer, where they're gonna co- he's gonna come in and say, "Hey, nah, this is this chorus is not good. Yep, this is not good."
3: Eat your heart out, baby. Oh, won't you give me something sweet? Eat your heart out, baby.
2: A hot mess is just what I need. Yeah. Peace, you know, really edit stuff down rather than just putting every track and every chorus on there. The songs are just not good on those records. I hate to say it. Yeah. Zeus, what I I, like anything? Yeah, I was gonna say, I
1: like the strong opinion. I love it louder. Uh, I love the idea of a kiss app. (laughs) Zeus really crushed it on that one. And the subscription model would be an unreal, reoccurring revenue for the organization. Let's make them some more money. You guys should
2: get a commission though. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what it is? Let me explain. So, the way KISS works, and I I hate to be Mr. Business Music Business person, but the what they what what KISS does. And I get it. It's smart, but it's lazy. What they do is they license their name out. They license their name out to Hello Kitty. They license their name out to blah, 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 whatever it is. And then Hello Kitty pays them, I don't know, let's just $200,000 to use the Kiss brand to market their toys. And then Kiss gets a piece of all that. But it's a no-lose situation for Kiss because they get money up front if the line tanks it doesn't matter to them because they got money for it already. So for a streaming service to work, it takes effort and it takes a risk. And Kiss is in a position, I get it, they're all multimillionaires, why take a risk? But if you want your product to live forever and keep growing, the risk you those are the risks you have to take. You don't be complacent and just license your brand out just because that's the easy way yeah. to do it.
1: Yeah. Good point. Good point. No, you you got a point there. So, Tom, let me just finish up a couple of these uh, Twitter ones. Okay. Steve, this episode of uh, Shout Out Loudcast one of the funniest, if not the funniest things I've ever heard. I've listened to three times already. Oh, Jesus! Not <laughs> only do we have pandemic Paul, but we all have we also have virus Vinny. <laughs> have me absolutely howling. Great stuff, guys. We'll we'll talk to you about it because I don't know if you heard it yet. And then uh, a couple lo- other things here. Uh, Paul, Jack Broad. Paul and Gene could care less about the fans. Don't get me wrong. They love the fans' money and adulation, but could, could do shits about what the fans really want.
0: Maybe.
2: Um. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but, uh, you know. Yeah. I do think they care. I, I just think it's complacency that kills them. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> DC from Tennessee. Easy on the Paul Stanley Pumas. I bought a couple pairs and made bank on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, nice. that's the way to do it. Yeah, that was great. Jr. Ashle wrote: sycophants fans matter to these two, not fans. The pandemic has exposed more about people, good and bad, than anything else." Donna Chang is sexy. Who is another one of Sonny Pooney's burner accounts?
2: I don't know if you oh, know. Oh, oh, oh! We, haven't, we, don't we haven't confirmed that name on this show, please. I get enough of a poony on the other show. I don't want to hear that. That bastard's name. Okay. A little tough on Paul and
1: Jean. They are rich. They rightly don't care.
0: Uh, um, that's cynical.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then I got to add this one last one. Cause IQs are the person who shall not be named of having burner accounts constantly. <laughs> Cause there's just way too much praise about him online. I, I say love it. Wow. Fellas. Thanks for the shout out. Seriously, you're the best. Sadly, this is not
2: a Sunny
1: Booney burner account though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, if you if you say that, that smells like a Sunny uh, Booney. Exactly. Yes.
1: Oh, there's way too many way too many common themes that we've picked up along the way. Uh, Tom, is there any um,
0: Facebook shit too? Yeah. Uh, So uh, our 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 other fellow Italian who has he, he. Coincidentally and uh, very spontaneously got his own theme music. Not Joey's not the only Italian on the show that gets theme music. Our other friend Jack Penocchio. <laughs>
3: Periali
0: e
2: who is from Australia. Italians Uh, in Australia? I guess so.
0: I don't know. They must have got on the wrong boat or something. I don't know. Uh, They went the wrong way. Yeah. So he says, it's "It's not hard for Gene or Paul to pick up a guitar and play for an hour or so a week online. I do it daily at home. Seeing them do nothing during the lockdown makes me think what they do on stage comes across as a chore because they can't even do something for 30 minutes or one hour a day a week. I could go on more, but I 110% agree with this episode. Okay, our buddy Kevin Jepson. Pretty heavy episode. I agree with all, except I am actually looking forward to Soul Station. Oh, God. Just because that sound is right in Paul's wheelhouse of vocals. Falsetto stuff, I guess. He's probably excited to do something he can actually sing or thinks he can (laughs) sing. (laughs) If Paul still sees... (laughs) Then he he goes, Uh if Paul still sees his shrink, that guy must be a real yes-man to Paul. Clearly, he has some serious issues. I think we all see it. They definitely aren't working on his sensitivity issues. Anyway, guys, love the episode. Love the airing of the grievances. My favorite part was Private Cusano. <laughs> oh, God. We started talking <laughs> about Vinny. I, mean,
2: and then our, I, I, and, I love the, pan, the pandemic Paul thing <laughs> is so funny to me. I can picture it again. My brain is always is always working. I can picture it as, like, a, an animated family guy type thing. Pan- <laughs> pandemic Paul, just fucking running around the city, you know, prancing around, preaching his, you know, his his pandemic speeches, you know, vote this way yep. and, you know, make sure you clean your ass this way and, you know, whatever, oh, whatever he's you're going to do. <laughs> he's got a
1: helmet on. He's riding his oh, bike, the
2: bike. I his know. Shorts. I saw the bike. And he's, and he's throwing, throwing his – Showing he us his new music playing –
0: <laughs> and he's throwing out masks to everybody You know
2: as you I, drive listen, by I'm not even kidding around I'll be, You know I do animation too stuff So I might come yeah. up with a little short Maybe we'll write it together the Oh three yeah.
0: god please Joey please We so, should do it
2: The other part we
1: gotta tell him about is So Vinny is doing this thing Apparently coming up right In October and in, his, in the description For some reason it talks about like the Apocalypse or some sort of a war event is gonna happen or something. And so Tommy like, what the fuck are they gonna fucking film um full metal jacket at his concert? What's your name, scumbag? <laughs> and so we started doing <laughs> private cusano with the clips
2: of the sergeant oh,
0: gunnery yelling God. at him.
2: <laughs> Get up here, fat boy! I mean, we could have Private Kusano making an appearance in the uh, pandemic poll animation. I mean, that's I mean, we're working on that one. It's perfect.
1: Well, if you Spend- don't have math, then I'm going to ask you to go home.
0: <laughs> so uh, continuing on Facebook here, uh, Gary Cap, our buddy Gary Cap. Oh, my God. I almost pissed myself laughing at, at the Private Kusano comments. That was a brutal but fun attack. Keep the laughs coming, guys. Sean McNair, Gene's not going to do anything unless he can profit from it. I'll give him one thing. He did put up masks for sale on kissonline.com with the proceeds going to the road crew. But free online concerts? Forget it. Good one. Okay. Chet Martin Stoller says, I saw a picture of Paul Stanley taking a bike ride with his mask, and he looked insane. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's um,
0: and- good stuff. And then we got then we got a really long one from Stephen oh. Wood. I'm going to try to paraphrase this a little bit. He says, "I think Paul should be able to say and do anything he wants on his personal Twitter account. I don't think he's obligated to address anything Kiss related on it." We agree with you on that. That's fine. Um, I think Kiss's inactivity and lack of content is being channeled unfairly onto his Twitter account, and I am at least grateful he has one. Having said that, I definitely have issues with the lack of content. Paul and Gene at least should be making a token effort. To appease their fans if for no other reason than it's the right thing to do, it really can't be all that hard. And then he continues saying, uh, why not have a a different a different like a Star Child account or a demon account where they can do like kiss-related things? That's probably not gonna happen. But I see what Steven's saying, I get his point. And yeah, and Steven, just to kind of wrap up the feedback on last week's episode. Yeah, we we we. Of course, Paul can do that. We're not saying that that ability should be taken away from him, and that he should have his Twitter account shut down. We're just saying that it's just not what we want to see, and and that's our opinion, and that's your opinion, and that's why uh, talking kisses is always
2: great. Listen, guys, I get it. Listen, you got to understand, these guys have been going strong for almost fifty years, straight, no break. Yep, they've really never had a break. They they've been go touring. Think about it straight through all the years even the down years they were working hard and touring and doing stuff so i get it but what what i don't get is they're a mega organization i get it paul and gene should sit home let paul ride his bike let gene eat his cookies let them do what they want to do but the kiss camp is more of what i have the problem with it's not yeah paul and gene should be relaxing in their thrones whatever they want to do while they're on the break they're 70 years old please, by all means, take a break. I don't expect Gene and Paul to come on and give me content every day. But what I do think they're missing the boat on is the KISS camp. The the organization should be run by people proactive to release and keep the brand moving and relevant while Gene and Paul sit back and sleep. I don't care. They don't even need, all they need to do is sign a paper and say, yes, I approve that. Go ahead and do it. That's, I think they're more missing the boat the Kiss World, the camp. Here's myself with his Cylon. Look, oh, and the, nice. Um, the Kiss camp is missing the world, the uh, the boat more so than Gene and Paul. Let Gene and Paul relax. The Kiss no. organization should have more people proactive and doing stuff.
0: That's well said, Joey. Well said. I agree. It, it's,
2: okay. a, it's a good a
1: good idea. So I read your book enough to remember that Gene called you up, Butafuco. Yes. Oh, yeah. Juicy <laughs> Gene. Hey Gene, this and that. Hey, I want to tell you something. Why aren't you coming up with an app like WWE does? This and this and that. He'll look to you and say, "That's a great idea, Butterfuco. Set it up, and then let me know when you need me to get involved." Right?
2: Yes, but that's the problem. He should have people around him all day long calling him if 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 they need Gene's approval, calling him with these ideas all day long, saying, "Hey, Gene, what do you think about this?" And you're right, Gene will say. Well, get it done, show me the uh, profit margin and we'll talk about it. Yeah. That's great. Do it. And the problem is, maybe they are doing it and the profit margin isn't great the first year and they just nix it. You know, I you know, I'm sure there's a million things we don't understand that's going on behind the scenes, but I just think the Kiss Camp in general is lazy and a little bit, you know, set in their ways. I think they need fresh blood to give them a kick in the ass. I remember Reading interviews, when Doc first took over as their manager, their first meeting, Gene and Paul said, Doc said, how are we going to do this? We're going to tour the seven wonders of the world. We're going to have a Kiss show in front of the Sphinx and a Kiss show, at, you know, blah, blah.' that's thinking out of the box. And I think they're so thinking in the box now that, you know, they lost sight of that in, in, inventive and innovative world that Kiss really should be in.
1: Yeah and it's funny because uh, I'm going to segue us but one last Thought remember extreme close Up all they do is they Talk about that they show the 79 80 and then the music Slows on the black diamond yeah like we Lost our way kids it became safe Somebody will be doing this about this Era again yep yep you're right started Doing dolls uh, you know hello Kitty stuff we started doing this We started doing kiss emojis but where is the music and the badassery of Kiss? Everything is yep. about safe Kiss. Kissery yeah.
2: definitely repeated itself. That's for sure. Yeah. True.
1: It's yeah. true. And, uh, you know, we get all hot about this stuff. But, Joey, I don't know if you know this. And probably since your son isn't here, maybe he shouldn't be here. But... So he oh, yeah, I got my
2: headphone in.
0: I'm glad he can't hear because say, Tom he has can't something hear. he
1: wants to say now. While your
0: son is the hell on your lap, go ahead. Well, Tom. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Joey. I don't know if you knew if we, I don't know if you knew this, but we uh, we have a sponsor. Whoa! Oh yeah, this is not a joke, and I'm glad that you have <laughs> headphones in right now, so your son can't hear who our sponsor is. If you
2: can't hear this, it's not for you, Joe.
0: But I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, <laughs> Zeus lavin, because I'm about to read this ad read with a little kid in the room right here, and thank God he can't hear it. <laughs> because Go ahead, be, <laughs> be, <laughs> Go ahead Tom. because i because the sponsor is i don't know if you're familiar with this joey i know you i know you're a dirty new yorker an italian so oh, i know you yeah oh yeah 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 oh hey it's okay we're dirty we're dirty bostonian so it's okay but uh adamandeve.com
2: <laughs> oh very familiar
0: of course you are of course you're well you're gonna want to listen to this ad read because with adamandeve.com free stuff is awesome but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. You take any one item for 50% off, and Adam and Eve will load on the free stuff. If you use promo code LOUDCAST <laughs> at checkout, you get 10 free gifts a sexy item for you, a special gift for her, I and did. a third item. And Joey, six free movies and free shipping. What kind of movies? Spicy movies. I forgot out the most important word. And that is promo code loudcast at adamandeve.com. And I'm not kidding you, Joey. We have gotten feedback from people who they can't get enough of the spicy movies.
2: <laughs> I just I just can't believe that there was a sponsor that you guys actually that said, Yep, this is the show for us. How did the, how did, did you-, you hear the name <laughs> of the sponsor? Well, of course. <laughs> have you heard some of our listeners?
0: <laughs> hey, what else are we what what what, what else what else are we going to sell keychains? This is what you come to shout it out loudcast for. Perfect. And once That's we it. read that, and once we do that ad read, then Zeus takes over and we st- and, uh, introduces what we're going to finally talk about tonight.
1: Yeah, I know we get on a roll. The three of us don't like to talk, so tonight we came up with an idea. And Joey, no lie, when me and Tommy talked about this idea, we both were saying, "Let's get Joey for this. He's perfect." We want a real musician. Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. What we decided to come up with is we're each going to come up with five songs that we prefer the live version. It doesn't have to, we don't have to say, yeah, I like the alive two version, just the live version. So you don't have to be specific. If you want in your discussion, you can bring, bring up the specific version, why you like it. And then we're each going to come up with five songs that we like the studio version better than the live version okay okay uh joey's our uh, guest so we would start with joey we'll move to tom and then myself and then on the reverse i'll start to tom to joey so okay, do we do we... one at a time or all five at once oh well, no we'll... we'll start with your fifth pick you got it
0: so now what are we going to what are we going st- to start with first our what, our, what we pr- live better Let's or studio? Joey, better. what do you prefer what do you live, want to
2: be, live was much easier for me The other way was much harder So let's start with live Okay, okay. So your fifth
1: pick for best live Better live than studio track,
2: Joey So I, I love both of these versions But the live, unplugged version of I Still Love You Is oh. one of my favorite songs in the Kiss catalog I st- I always loved the, the regular version of I Still Love You You know, and even the Kiss animalized uncensored version But when they did it on Unplugged, everything just clicked. The groove was there. Paul's voice was firing on all cylinders. It was just the perfect storm. So number five for me is I still love you, Unplugged.
0: Excellent. Great pick. Great pick. I'm next. You are next. Okay. So for me, so just to preface it, because I like to kind of explain what you know what I'm doing here. And Joey kind of hinted at a little bit. So live in studio like it, it, this this was not easy so what i tried to do is i tried to pick songs on both sides of the spectrum here that had the greatest difference for me in terms of of likability I, I like them all i mean just because i like a live version of one song doesn't mean i hate the studio version and vice versa but i try yeah. to pick songs where the gap is between the two are are a little bit bigger than some other songs so for me so f- if we're doing better live Zeus knows I can't stand the studio version of this song, but I really like the live version of lick it up from a live three. Um, I think it's, I think it's got a better pace. I think it's a little bit more upbeat. Um, I think the band sounds spectacular. I've said before that the revenge lineup is my second favorite lineup. No disrespect to Eric uh, as Eric, Eric Carr. It's got a little bit of a breakdown in the middle of the song. Um, It just, It just this is a song that just translates better live for me. So lick it up from a live three for me. Good one. So I
1: have, you know, I'm gonna a little jump ahead here. Okay. I had a a section of songs that I think are different live than they are studio. Yeah. But I I can't say I like. I think they're different. I like them both. Yep. I like lick it up the studio and I like the live version. I am, you know. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I cheated a little bit. I asked our good friend Steve from Potter Than Hell and yep. the, the person who shouldn't be named, Sonny, <clears throat> um, give me some help because I was friggin' running out of ideas. And they both made the point to say about lick it up, which is great, until they started putting in that whole friggin' the who won't get fooled again in the middle. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I want you. That whole yeah. section that it annoys the fuck out of them. Yep. Uh, yeah. I like it because it's faster. Yep. But if the studio version's good too. Both versions are good. They're different. But I, I don't know. What do you think, Joey?
2: It's funny. Uh well, I don't want to give it away, but Lick It Up is actually on my other list. Um, I, li- I like I like the studio version better. And Lick Interesting. It Up was never a uh, never a song. I never thought they captured the groove. And the pacing that they did on the record, I think okay. it's, it's funny, especially the Alive Three version. I really? think Eric Eric Singer's version. I just always found Eric is a very staccato type drummer. He's a very straight drummer. Where where Eric Carr had this little bit of that, little bit of a more groove feel to him. Where Eric true. was always right on the beat. So it's funny. I have that on my other list.
0: Okay, okay. interesting, good one. Okay, Zeus, All what right. do you got?
2: All right, so for me. I don't know. I mean,
1: there's my number one for me sticks out, but the other ones, they're they're so iconic. And to me is, what do I like better? I love the live version of Let Me Go Rock and Roll. Even the Tommy version, when we've seen them the last Uh. few concerts, he fucking rips on that. Rips. The live version of Let Me Go Rock and Roll, I think, blows the studio version. It gives it that groove, that old style rock and roll song that kiss doesn't really have in their catalog, but that's like an old school rock and roll song. And I think it's a little different comes off live, like a great jam and band and that, especially the guitar just off the charts.
0: That's a, that's a great pick because that's another song. I've never been a huge fan of the studio version. And when we saw them on the end of the road, um, we even talked about it, how, you know, Tommy's playing just, just absolutely shredded that version uh, yeah. The the live version. So no, that that that's a good one.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good pick too. I mean, I, believe it or not, I was never a big fan of that song in general. But yeah, I me do, too. I do feel that the live version is, you know, much like a lot of the early Kiss stuff, the live versions are, you know, far superior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joey, Joey. back to you, buddy. So sticking with you know, like what we just said, the early Kiss, you know, a song to me that is so night and day difference like you know like tom like you was saying the differential between the two is so big that to me hotter than hell off of a live one is to just it's almost a different song it's so energetic and dirty feeling where the first one is so drudgy and you know the groove and everything about it is is just not good and even moving forward if i don't know if you guys ever heard i'm sure you've heard it the uh the re the re uh, records with eric singer and tommy that version of of hotter than hell eric singer just to me blows that one it just stinks too i hate the groove on it i hate the feel of it the lo- a live one version of how hell hotter than hell is killer
0: joey i am so happy you picked that because that is on my list that is a high pick for me because that is that to me of all the songs on the list here on both sides, studio and live, that may have the biggest gap for me in terms of a song that is horrible on the studio album. <laughs> like, I hate, I hate Harder Than Hell, the title track on the album. The live version is amazing. And it's funny, again, I'm, I'm glad you're on this episode here because the huge difference in that song is not just the pace of the song, but Peter's drumming.
2: He oh, it's, so, it's completely he, different yeah
0: he he adds a little bit of a shuffle or a little bit of an extra kick drum so the song is just not done it done it like he, he's filling some of those gaps with the drums and it, and 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 he does it with a little bit of a quicker pace so it gives the song you can almost kind of tap your toes to the live version whereas the studio version it, it you can nod off often fall asleep to it so that's a great pick joey awesome all right who's up uh that is me. So okay. uh let's see. Harder than Hell was one of my was on my top 5 there, so that that's that's gone. Um so I don't know Zeus if you did this exactly, um it sounds like maybe Joey did, I'm not sure, but I I I compared studio tracks to specific versions off Kiss live album releases, okay? okay? That that's just the way that I did it. So here's one that might be a little bit weird to people. And it, it, I, I did it just so I can represent an album that people don't talk about—maybe good, bad, or indifferent. It's it's kind of the, the 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 redheaded stepchild of the Kiss live albums, and that is the Symphony Alive album. If you haven't listened to it in a while, give it another shot. And the song on here that sticks out to me—I'm not a huge fan of the song. I know everybody says it's better live, regardless of whether it's Alive Two or whatever. But the Symphony version of God of Thunder is un fucking believable. I'm going to tell you right now if you haven't heard it in a while, give it a shot, give it a listen. The horns and the strings in that song make it so much more menacing and powerful. It's almost like it's almost like they took God of Thunder and tried to turn it into like the Emperor's theme from like Star Wars. Like it like it it just makes it sound so much more evil and foreboding. And I never really listened to it You know, I don't really, I I admit, I don't go, I don't listen to Symphony Alive that often. Um, But when I heard this, I was like, wow, this sticks out like a sore thumb. Because I was going to go alive to God of Thunder. And then I heard this. I'm like, I'm going to bring this one up because nobody really talks about this album. So Symphony, God of Thunder for me. And if you haven't heard it in a while, give it a shot. You'll see what I'm talking about. For me, I just want to comment
1: on this. Yeah. God of Thunder is just like Lick It Up. I love both versions. So I can't say it. I love what what, uh, Bob Ezrin did. The little kids in the beginning yeah. I yep. love that spookiness But the live version speeding it up yep. Is like the heaviest thing So I can even go to this The I wasn't going to say Alive 2 or Symphony Even the last tour We just saw him on the end of the road Yeah, when Gene goes up Okay, he's all bloodied up now He's up at the height And he's like, oh yeah, alright Arms folded And the music hits and you know he does his usual, I can't hear you. Yep. And he must say that 200 times in the concert. Like, open up your fucking ears, jackass. <laughs> he's saying I can't hear you. But anyways, <laughs> he's up there doing this shit nonstop and there's fucking lightning on the screens yep. behind him and there's just all this noise and stuff. I think that's insane. I love the visual effects. I know Tommy, you you're not big on some of the stuff, but for that for God of Thunder, I think they Hit it out of the park, and I like the Azaren thing. Yeah, I can't pick one. I love them both. I think yeah. they're
0: very unique. Yeah, no, you're right. And that and that and that happened with a lot of these picks too. Joey, th- thoughts on God of Thunder studio versus live?
2: It's it, it's funny. It's an, it's another one that's on my regular versions, not the live version. Really? But, okay. But I I did believe it or not, I did forget about the symphony version, and yeah. it's funny because Zeus, you kind of mentioned it. The, the thing I didn't like about God of Thunder through the years, especially like on Alive two, it's faster. That yeah, God yeah. of Thunder, when when you speed God of Thunder up, it loses the menacing and the creepiness of it. Yep. The, the, the slow pace of God of Thunder makes it what it is. Even like the, you know, the Paul demo version, it ruins it. It doesn't make it. It's not God of Thunder anymore. So I did forget about the symphony version, but you know, in my brain, I'm thinking always alive too. So, regular studio version god of thunder is on my regular list so you're eating up my regular list right now that's, that's okay no, right. that's
1: okay that's okay, okay. That's, that's you know okay. what i was thinking about joe you know what i really got into the live version the speed up version remember the rock honors yes yeah when rob zombie came out yeah, with that put, sure. sure. i thought they blew that out of the chart yeah, yeah. like you're right so i love tommy lee, that tommy lee did, it.
2: was drums on that who was on that Tom, uh tommy, tommy lee, lee right? I, think I, I think
0: it was tommy lee yeah yeah yeah, Ace yep. Scott Ian. Yeah, sure,
1: sure. Uh, Gilby Clark, right? I forget who else was on that. It's I funny. So. I
2: remember I was in a Kiss tribute band for years, and we always yeah, did yeah. "God of Thunder." And ninety nine percent of the songs we did because we did the Eric Carr years, we basically modeled everything off of the Eric Carr years as far as the animalized live and Tensor. Yeah. But the one song that I was strict about that I wanted to make it different was "God of Thunder." "God of Thunder," I always played slow and, you know, almost studio version tempo.
1: Gotcha. Nice. nice. Zeus, what do All you got, right? buddy? Number f- uh, four for me. I went with, uh, probably on your list, guys, is there really anything better than when Kiss opens up with Deuce and they have the whole dance together, you know, that Sean supposedly came up with? I, I love it. It's just something about them opening up and boom, the rockets and stuff go off and they end out with Deuce more so than the kind of, you know, it's still a great studio track, but the live version gives it that energy that drives that song home for me.
0: I have, I have that as an honorable mention because I figured that somebody was going to pick it, but you're right. that that That's yeah. a song that's meant to be heard. Li- I mean, I, one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs, love the studio version, but that song is meant to be heard live and it's meant to be heard, should be an opener. So, I always said yeah, the
1: same thing. I was like, well, somebody will pick it, so maybe I yeah. shouldn't have it.
0: Yep, yep. Joey Deuce, what do you think, buddy?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Deuce live. I mean, again, most you know most of the early songs for me, If, you know, you're picking the live version, chances are you're picking the better version. So I I can't argue anything about Deuce Live. It's one of the greatest songs ever.
0: Okay. Go ahead. You're up next.
2: Um, Am I up? You are. Number three. You know, so this this is actually one of the songs to me that there's a big differential only because of a section of the song. But the actual studio version, I love too. But, you know, this song for me being a drummer growing up, this had such an impact on me. Which is a hundred thousand years from Kiss Alive. Mm, you know, good. obviously yeah. to me, the pacing and the shuffle and the the quality of that song live blows the studio one out of the water. Even though I do love the studio version, but then you add in the you know the iconic Peter Chris drum solo from that. It's got to be one of my favorite live songs of all time.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great call because that's a that's a song that almost made my list too because. I'm not a huge fan of that studio version at all. I I will say right now, correct me if I'm wrong Zeus, aren't they playing that on the end of the road tour? What What's weren't pl- 100,000 years? Yeah, Wasn't yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, yep. It, it's, yeah that's it's,
1: when I took the bathroom break.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't they don't they're not doing a good job of it right no, now in 2020, no. 2019, but but alive, 100,000 years, it's got a lot of energy to it compared to the studio version. That's a good pick.
1: Yeah, for me, Joey, I you're a drummer. You've got to love it because the 100,000 years, right? The Peter Christing. See, I get yeah. that, but I'm not listening to it again, like from alive and fitting in. I'm watching them on End of the Road tour. We've seen three tour, three concerts, End of the Road, and I'm watching Eric Singer do it. And so I'm like, yep. okay, this is when I'm going to the bathroom because I know it's going to be a no, five to seven minute.
2: Drum solo that I'm really not into. I get it, but you know, I'm I was when we when you told me the topic this week, I thought more along the lines of Tom. I'm not comparing it to live now or live. I'm comparing it to the live recorded version. So I'm yeah, thinking, That's what fine. do I like better? You know, I of I agree with you. It's dead in the water live right now. I hate seeing. I hate hearing it live. Really? Much like some most most much like some of the some of the other stuff too. But I'm thinking. You know, a live one, a live two Unplugged, a live three So that's the way my brain was working
1: okay. No, no, that's fine Because your version, when I say 100,000 years Your version, your mind goes right away Oh, I think Kiss Alive So yep. my, me, my mind goes Oh God, here we go Eric <laughs> Singer's gonna do a drum solo <laughs> yep. This is the time to go to the bathroom So, yep, okay, And that's fine, that works, that's fine
0: Okay uh, Next, what do we got, next, number three for me Correct Okay, So so again, looking at a song that I absolutely love both versions of it, but the Alive 2 version of this just starts and ends with such greatness that I, I have to take the live version over that, and that has shocked me off of Alive 2. Ooh. First of all, it starts off with, we got a little surprise for you tonight! <laughs> like that whole bit, you know, we're going to turn the microphone over to Ace freely. I love the way it sounds live. And then of course, Ace's ridiculous guitar solo that he ends the song with um you know it's my it's my favorite Ace song it's my favorite solo but the way he ends that alive two version when he does his individual guitar solo you know and then peter jumps in with the drums and paul screaming his ace really lead guitar it's just ah i just love it i love it so shock me for me off of alive two
1: yeah i tom i like it too I just get in. Uh, that's such an alive to thought. Yep. Right away, it's iconic. The intro, yep. the Paul ending, Ace Frehley lead guitar. I, you know, I, I just think of right now like Tommy doing it. Oh god,
2: fucking Space Invaders! Oh no, god, yeah. It, you can't, know, you're you're ruining all the great classics. When my
1: you do that. my no, mind goes. My like, mind goes to the stuff. I, I like it, Tom. It's a better version. Yeah. Than the studio album i think it's a good pick i'm just saying there's portions of it like i don't want a tommy thayer guitar solo now
0: in the middle of shock me you have got to get tommy thayer out of your head i love i love tommy (laughs) and we all do just just, get tommy thayer out of your head when we're talking shock me please he's a handsome man he he is a handsome man he is a handsome man speaking of handsome men zeus why don't you go (laughs) next (laughs)
2: whoa whoa what
0: oh sorry joey you're the handsome
2: man I was going to say, Jesus, if you think he's handsome, <laughs> what the hell am I? All right. Your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, Shock Me is a great pick. I mean, Alive 2 is my favorite album of all time. So Me too. not just Kiss, period. So the to- Ace's tone on that record is so piercing and, and magnificent that I agree. I love the studio version of Shock Me, but the live version of Shock Me, especially because it's Alive 2, I love everything on that. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah.
0: It is awesome yeah. Zeus, so, what, do you, what do you got buddy
1: Number three I don't know which version of the live version We can think of We might all think of three different versions of this And that is Watching you oh, So yeah. my thought immediately would be uh, Joey's going to go to A live one version But Tommy likes the live three version I and like the live what? three version Yeah and guess where I'm going to go I think of uh, Winterland I think of the Winterland version Of watching you That just blows me away Every time I see it It just It's so heavy and dark Like uh, Something that you know You go from Strutter and things like You know mid-tempo songs To watching you Seeing them in black and white And then seeing Gene up there The bat singing this song That looks badassery
0: yeah, there, there. That's a great pick, and you're right. I have watching you from a live three as an honorable mention for me. And there, are, there, are, there, are, there are a couple. There's a couple songs in the in the Kiss catalog that, when you hear them, you instantly think of a performance or a video. Mm-hmm. And watching you is Winterland. Yeah, that's it for me. It, it, it's it's kind of the same thing when I hear "Show No Something" and I think of that video that we always talk about. Oh, yeah, there, there are just songs that just instantly you visualize the band instantly. And as soon as I hear "Watching You," that black and white Winterland concert is just perfect. So that watching you is a great pick. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a great pick. Again, I I wish I would have thought along the lines more of your thinking. Now that now that I'm I'm hearing that you're thinking of. Specific live performances rather than just live albums. I'm not going to change my picks, but I am going to add some commentary to my picks as far as yeah, moving oh, abs- absolutely. But, um, yes, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, you can't get. I mean, Winterland is almost a perfect concert. So yeah, anything yep. anything off of that is 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 incredible.
1: Yep, nice. You're up, Joey. Number two for you, buddy.
2: So number two. So it goes back to what I was just saying. So this song, there's an, a definitive version for me of this song because. It is the lead track off my favorite record of all time, which is Detroit Rock City off of Alive 2. So to me, it's it, you know, I love the studio version. I don't love having to sit through the whole intro, blah, 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 all that <laughs> stuff, but, you know, I, it's, it's, it's just the perfect track to me from the perfect album. So whenever I hear Detroit Rock City, it immediately brings me back to Kiss Alive 2 but another another version of that, which is almost equally as good to me, which is the Sydney 1980 version. I love it so much. I love the alternate melody that Paul kind of sings in some of the verses and and the choruses. It's it's just an, another different take on the same song, but it's such a great version too. The Sydney version of Detroit Rock City. So Detroit Rock City live would be my number two. That's my number two, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm
0: yeah per yeah i can't argue with that like you said it's kind of like when deuce uh when uh zeus zeus deuce when when zeus picked <laughs> deuce you just think of an iconic album opener and when you hear detroit rock city i mean everybody loves the studio version you know if you, you get rid of that intro there but just the live version is just so much power and energy in that song that, that live too just brings it to life
1: yeah i i'm i am This is another one of those tweeners. I like both different versions. Oh, yeah. I like Bob Ezra, I like that he did something creative. I like the whole story. Again, it's one of those things that when you can only name a few things that to a critic, like you think Kiss is just silly, listen to this song talking about a guy who went to one of their concerts, died, and they wrote this. And the guy in the story, you're realizing, is the guy from the song that got killed. Yep, and they start off, and it builds up, and you hear the car crash and everything, and then boom, right into King of the Nighttime World. I just think that version is still great, but I but love I, I, the live two version, man. And, and it I will so say. iconic, so I can't pick, but it's one of those I like two different versions, like them both.
0: And, th- and real quick before you pick Zeus, it's it, or before, who's ever next. It's perfect that they kept that alive too. They went, they did Detroit Rock City right into King of the Nighttime World, just like Destroyer. Cause even they know that those two songs have to go together.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yep. So number, uh, I believe that's uh, up to
0: you, right, Tom? Yes. So number two for me, I don't think anybody has picked anything. Oh no, Joey did. I'm sorry. J- Joey did. So here's another song where the difference between studio and live is just massive to me. And one of my favorite live albums, and this may be my favorite song off of this, and that is coming home off of MTV unplugged, just spectacular. Everything off that album is just amazing. And, and I think this goes, this speaks more of, well, not, not just how amazing MTV unplugged is, but just how poorly produced hotter than hell is. It's become a cliche. Everybody talks about the poor production, but the way that this just kicks off and I think another thing that brings a visual like when everybody watched MTV unplugged and they opened up with a deep cut like die hard kiss fans know coming home those people sitting in, the, in that MTV studio they were probably like I don't know this song I thought they were right. gonna play I thought they were gonna play rock and roll all night or, or I was made for loving you no one knew coming home so I think that even adds to the excitement but but um that's that's uh, that's my number two pick coming home off of MTV unplugged Good pick, Tom. I like it. It's a yeah. great version. Different song,
1: better song than what's probably on "Hotter Than Hell."
2: Yeah, Joey. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That that was my honorable mention for a live oh, okay.
0: version. So okay, nice.
2: It, it just re- re- you know rejuvenated that song for me. I mean, it was always a throwaway song for me off "Hotter Than Hell." Like I, I never even, th- honestly, I never even thought about it. Yeah. And then when I heard the the a lot the unplugged version, I went, "Holy!" this is an amazing song. So it's, that's when it really hit home, how good that song really was. And that's how you can tell if the, really the live version is better when you really can. Now I can appreciate that song for what it is. And unplugged did that. I think for a lot of songs to a lot of people.
0: Oh, absolutely. Unplugged did that. And I think, I think unplugged did a lot of like opened a lot of people's eyes up to kiss when they heard these, when they heard it and like, wow, these guys are really good singer, songwriters, musicians. These songs translate. Pretty well unplugged. Um, Some of them are spectacular unplugged. Yeah. But
1: yeah. Okay. uh, Zeus, number two. Um, Number two, I'm battling which one's going to win this one. Uh I think I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to change it. I'm going to go with nostalgia as my number one. Number two is a song that I'm a sucker for. If you put a fucking siren in. And Tom knows (laughs) this. I love War Machine, the live. So. Tom says he gets distracted But the new live version Ever since they started putting on the big screen And all of a sudden You got that dragon flying And the sirens are going off Fire's going off He's got an army of like droid people behind him And his war machine's going I think that shit blows my mind I love (laughs) it I, I can't get enough of it And that's one of the times where I find that they're what they're doing with the whole background and stuff works. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I've loved it since they did. I have the, um, and the version that I like the best, Joey is the Boston version on my CD that I oh, got the Rock, from Rock the, nation. the nation, Nice nation, nice. 2003, which yep. I play constantly. I love that version and you can hear the sirens going off and everything. Oh my God. I love that version. And it's a different version than the album. It just sticks out to me.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a song that translates well live. You're right. Um, I'm, that's a song where I love both versions of it. But yeah, no, the live version. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's on a live three as well. Or is uh, No, I'm sorry. They have I Love, I love It Louders on a live three. Yeah. My mistake. My mistake. But yeah, sure when sure. they play that, when they play that, uh, th- I mean, that should have been a concert staple the minute that song was released off of Creatures yeah. of the Night. I mean, the fact it took them so long for them to throw that into the set list. But that's no, a good pick. Yeah, it's a good
2: wrestling yeah, I mean, song it's oh, it's yeah. a it's a phenomenal song I actually I'm actually surprised that they have kept it in the set list as long as they have I think it's a great don't get me wrong I love it but considering you know kiss is always preaching we gotta play the hits because people demand the hits dude nobody knows war machine we love it because we're kiss geeks but right the average person doesn't know war machine no they so don't when they, you know when they say we oh well there's certain songs we just can't remove and You can remove war. I I love it. I don't want you to remove it, but you can remove War Machine, and the average fan doesn't miss it. And you could that could be your your you know your your rotating song spot every night. But don't get me wrong. I love the live version of War Machine.
0: I think I think War Machine may be Gene's version of what Paul is doing with Psycho Circus. He's trying to make it a hit by continually (laughs) playing
1: it every night. (laughs) Yeah, but I told you, War Machine was a couple wrestlers used to come out to that as their theme. Yeah, I think Taz did, too, for a little while, too. I fucking love that coming out with that as playing in the background. I think that's great. Joey,
2: your first uh, pick, number one pick. So number one, so this is, it's it's one of my favorite songs of all time, and especially this version. And, you know, there's a couple great versions of this. And and I love all the versions. The, even the studio version, I love it. But the live version to me is so magical. I, I got to go with Black Diamond off of Kiss Alive oh. Um, Even the animalized version of Black Diamond, the animalized live, uncensored version, is to me chilling. It's so, so great with Eric singing it. So between the combination of those two versions, it's such a magical song. It's I always thought of it as it's kisses stairway to heaven. You know what I mean? It's that type of song. It's not, you know, it's not the three minute single, but it is, it's the six minute, you know, masterpiece that they really captured something. And the live version of that really does it justice.
0: Yeah. That's that, that's a good one. I mean, you can't, first of all, black diamond is just, you hear that anywhere and it's just spectacular. Zeus. That's your favorite kiss song. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about it, but I like both versions. Yeah. It's got to be Peter Chris doing Black Diamond though That's that's it for me And I don't mind yeah. when Eric Carr did it But it, there's something about Peter That voice that he's just It sounds like he's just screeching his ass yeah. off all the, It just sounds badass And you said it When I when I was talking about critic things You can say Detroit Rock City If And we've talked about and this Probably make an episode out of it But I'm giving it away What is the top you, song you'd probably say to somebody You think Kiss is a joke? Go fucking play this yeah. Right. And you, you'd be like, holy
3: shit.
2: Yep. I, I think it was Black Diamond off, maybe, was it Midnight Special? They did Black Diamond on Midnight Special, right?
0: I think so. Yep. I think it, it was that. It's,
2: it's just one of the most, yeah. you watch Kiss on that performance doing Black Diamond. They are so on fire. and They're firing on all cylinders at that moment so perfectly. It's just, it's the, it literally is the perfect storm right on that performance.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Who's not who's not performing on that song? Even the bass line, yeah, Peter, yeah. obviously, even you know, Paul's in the beginnings vocals, and then ace wailing at the end. It's like such a crescendo boom at the end.
0: Oh, it's just it's legendary. Yep. Great pick. Yep. So my number one, we kind of already covered it. And again, I rank these not based on my favorite live song. But I kind of came up with a my own homemade formula where I kind of ranked them based on, like I said before, the gap between the studio and the live version. so my number one we talked about it Joey had it it's a harder than hell off of a live yeah uh, yeah it, it's just light year it's just not even on the same planet as the studio version, and I find myself like seeking this out. And listening to it, and and then you go and hear the 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 studio versions, like ah oh, no no no, it's just not not good. So that's my number one. And I know we already covered that. So yep. Zeus, now yeah. it's up to you. You're number the only one thing
1: I want to add to that, oh, yeah. Tom, is yeah. yeah. I know we always talk about when you do harder than hell, like yeah. compilation albums. Every compilation album, oh, we got to put an album a song from this album, song from this album. They always throw in. From Hotter Than Hell, Hotter Than Hell. And Always. it's like, why are you fucking putting this on compilation albums? That nobody's craving the studio version of this.
0: No, right. there are, the, 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 to me, no, I mean, I don't want to give away any rankings here, but yeah. Parasite and watching you, and I know you like Mainline and All The Way and all those so
3: Yeah. How,
0: Parasite should be the song that comes off of Hotter Than Hell for every single compilation. I mean, for Christ's sake, <laughs> double, double Platinum has... Harder than hell and let me go rock and roll. <laughs> really? That's the uh, don't get me going on compilation picks. We'll go off, we'll go off on a tangent here. We don't want to do that. So, all right, go so ahead. I'll get to my number one before we get you all upset. All right, number <laughs> one, and you know that I'm surprised
1: you didn't say this all the firehouse. I told you I'm a siren sucker for the sirens. Mm. I fucking can't get enough of the live version, a live firehouse, maybe one of my favorite songs. The whole breakdown, and all of a sudden the siren goes, and then you hear Peter's drum going boom, 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 and then and then they go fire, and then he doesn't even say get there, he just goes
0: firehouse, firehouse,
1: woo! And just the Paul Stanley stage band, right? What does he say at the end of the song, Tom? Firehouse, woo! (laughs) As OG just fucking destroyed the bathroom,
2: woo! Firehouse. Firehouse.
1: I um, oh, Love that man. version. Yeah. Different song from the live from the studio version. I think it kicks ass. I think it's got balls. I think it's flashier. The sirens get me. I don't know what it is, Joey. I don't know. And I yeah. just think the drumming on it is fantastic on a live as well. I love it.
0: No, it's a great pick. It's a good pick.
1: Do you guys want to do your honorable mentions now? Or Do you want to wait to the end? Uh, we'll hit them on both.
0: we can do them now. We'll stick with them. we'll stick with them. I co- I covered my honorable mentions. Mine, Mine were. Too. All- yeah, mine was uh, Deuce from Alive One, and watching you from Alive Three.
2: Those are my honorable mentions. So my honorable mention for Alive was was absolutely coming home. It was um oh, okay from Unplugged. It's it's just you. You know, I mean, you covered it earlier. It's it's just it it makes that song what it is. It, yeah. it that's the and it's funny, you know. We, I I referenced a lot of the older stuff for the live versions, and you know, people don't realize those. Even though, yes, we always we critique those first few records for the production value but you got to understand kisser you know they're 22 23 years old some of these mm-hmm. these guys they almost have no studio experience they're they're listening to the producers they don't know what they're doing so when you try to capture a band in the studio when they're young like that it's very hard because they don't know what they're doing i listened back to some of my old demos from when i was younger it's nothing like I used to play live those same songs. So same thing with kiss. I think, you know, obviously we always talk about the production, but it's not just the production. It's the actual performances too. Yep. Yeah. No, you're right. So did you have a second one, Joey? I mean, there's, there's so many, I mean, oh my gosh, thinking back, I mean, you know, now, now that, now that I'm, I'm thinking more in the realm of not only live albums, but live performances. You know, I love, uh, you know, my Bible growing up was Kiss Alive, uh, Kiss Animalize Live Uncensored. So I love, you know, even though it's crazy fast and it's nuts, I love Creatures of the Night off of that. It would, you know, okay. you know, it's daytime is a fine time, but the nighttime is the right time. You know, I can, you know, that whole, <laughs> just the whole feeling of that. I know it's super fast, but Eric Carr's drums in the beginning of that, especially live, he doubles up that beginning. Yeah. It's just, it's just a great live, live song.
1: Nice. Yeah, for me, I have two. I'm surprised no one came up with it. One was cold gin. Just for oh, Paul. Yeah. Just yeah. for Paul. And how does the little Peter thing go,
0: Tom? I love what, setting when, them up with these. Well, when he says, "Who? how many of you like to drink tequila? With a little high hat there with Peter doing a little
2: funny story. I did that with Chris Jericho's band Fozzie on the on the Jericho cruise. We did cold gin and right before you know i I, obviously the first my first question is what you know what version do you want and i and i rattle i know every version you can do any version you want you know with the raps and stuff and sure enough um chris's drummer frank sang the song live and he knew the rap verbatim and we did if you look on my youtube page or you search on my on my on my instagram or facebook you can look. We, we play that verbatim the whole intro. He <laughs> does, you know. You have a variety. I go. It's perfect.
1: Little Mexican hi hat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this and the second one is which I am shocked and I just think it's a better version because it's something different. I am shocked, Tom. You didn't come up with this. And that is from Animalized Live, Young and Wasted, with Eric yeah. singing. Yeah.
0: The reason I didn't come up with that w- is because we kind of used a little bit of a different metric. I I I measured against live albums, right. not d- not, d- oh, not so DVDs. Oh, so you weren't thinking call- animalized, right? Okay. Right. But, okay. but that doesn't but that doesn't make it any less uh, uh, any less great of a pick. Uh, yep. You're right. No, no, I mean, that's fine. Eric's that's ins- fine. Eric's insane on that performance.
2: We, we stuck by the rules, Zeus. You just decided to do whatever you wanted to do. <laughs> I don't
1: know. What the, I didn't know we had rules on this one, but that's all right.
0: <laughs> nah, well, it's it's okay. But I, I'm glad that you picked that because it's it's something else to
1: discuss. Yeah, so. it's just something different. I like yeah. that he's saying it. Yeah. So let's switch gears. Okay. We're gonna go into what's a better studio track than what they're playing live. I will start. Tom, you'll be in the middle. Joey will go third. Okay. For me. This one is, um, I try to mix it up because I could do this all day. Yeah. and that is any makeup song, makeup era, and then playing non-makeup song. So I'm going to start off number five with "Heaven's on Fire." I oh, do yeah. not like them playing it live. It does not look good with them playing it with makeup on.
0: Yeah, I, I even even using a different, uh, you know, a, a different the, my my quote unquote rules. That was going, that was almost an honorable mention because I, I'm looking at the Alive Three version. It's just not a good live to me. It's just not a good live song. It's, that's a that's a studio song to me. And yeah. and use and you in using your measurements. I agree. We saw we've seen them play that live many times.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I agree. A hundred. That was almost going to be on my list. That was an honorable mention on my list too. So, but I agree. I, I don't agree because they're in makeup. That I don't mind. It's just. You know it's hard to capture vibe sometimes, and vibe is just as important as songwriting. Yep. If you don't capture the the right vibe on a song, and I and I don't know if they ever captured "Heaven's on Fire" correctly. Maybe right when it came out, you know, like Kiss Animalized Live Uncensored, yeah, and that was a little fast. But any time after that, they it just went downhill after that. Yeah, Paul had the
1: attitude then. To pull yeah. that off, when he gets animalized,
2: he we had the feathered,
1: flashy pants. Like he believed it. The Star Child is not grooving and grinding to Heaven's on fire now. It
2: just doesn't no, work. Pen, pandemic Paul is not grooving on. Uh, he is not. On fire. No. And you're missing the gene hot,
0: hot. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: That's yeah. true. That's right? true. Yeah. Do I have any right, brownie top. in my teeth? Hold on.
0: Oh no, you thank look you. handsome. Thanks, thank you. We might have to release this video now to the public.
2: Um, thank God. We oh don't. wait, wait. You guys don't do this. Is just for us. This video. Maybe, uh, but this
0: we've we've never we don't we we release our live streams as videos, but this one might be a video. I mean,
2: guys, if you want the ratings, it's this is it.
0: You might be onto something, Joey. We'll I'm see. I'm not even going to touch is. that subject. But go ahead, Tom. So get kind of my number five. What Joey said was, you know, capturing the vibe one song that it's on a live three they play it now and it just doesn't do it for me at all because the original was produced a certain way with a certain vibe and that is i was made for loving you i only want to hear the dynasty version of that you can call it disco kiss and i'll call it that as well that's the version i want to hear a live three it doesn't sound great and when they play it a li- lot uh now they did it they do it on the end of the road it doesn't sound great i need the the studio production of I Was Made for Loving You.
2: Yeah, it's funny you say that because when Alive Three first came out, I was like, Yeah, that's how I wanna hear I Was Made for Loving You. I love But Nope. Now again, years later, I'm revert you're right, I'm reverting back. I love the original version. I like that slickness to it. I like the dance the the danceability to it. Yep. it, it you lose something when, when you try to rock it up like that.
0: Totally. Yeah. Zeus
1: yeah I, I have that in my Tweeners I okay. like both versions Okay I like okay. It different I like There's certain times in their eras Throughout the years That I've liked them playing it I don't like It now because it's It's the like the second or third song that Paul does when he swings through the band The air yeah yeah he always does that version Yeah I'm kind of distracted by It
3: yeah <laughs> yep. you know that He's not up there with the
1: band playing it and Rocking out he's yeah. up there shaking His ass usually and front of our face and whatever (laughs) but it it goes both ways there are times i'm like joey where i've liked it and then other times like i don't really
2: like it that much live anymore yeah so okay joey joey what do you got number five so my number five you know this is a funny song because a lot of people don't like it anymore because i think it's probably overplayed and so on and so forth but you know it's such an anthem if you take it out of the box that we're living in after all these years hearing it so much but the studio version of I Love It Loud is such a thick, gigantic song, especially watching that video. The drum sound is something you're never going to hear again. And when they try to do that song live to me, it every time it falls flat on its face, from, from the drum sound all the way to the, hey, hey, yeah, it just is, it feels flat live. You know, Gene trying to get the audience involved, something about it you lose something from the translation from that studio production version that anthem and that meanness to it to live
0: oh joey i couldn't agree with you more when they play that song live it is such a dud yeah and it just you're right it just doesn't translate i know that there are you know introductory level kiss fans out there or whatever you know forgive me if that sounds snobby but uh, what i mean by that is you know the the people that are there for the hits but that that's that's a great pick joey that's that's a that's a really good pick I Here, agree
1: here's you. what i'll say i half agree with you okay the fatigue factor now they don't have the energy go watch yeah. 83 go watch Kiss Exposed. Yeah, that you right. And play that in Brazil that, with yeah, 100,000 right. people jumping up and down. Yeah, you right. Thing, when I saw that video when I first got Kiss Exposed, never mind. I don't want to get off on a tangent. How, oh my God, where's this been my whole life seeing these videos? When I saw that video, I didn't even know they did that. Like this, I love 100,000, but that can't be real. And he's doing this, and there's like the whole stadium just going nuts. That's the I Love It Loud version that I want to think of. Right, But you're right, now The nope. fatigue factor, the crowd doesn't get into it The whole, no. hey, people are like Oh, I, I guess, is this where we say it back to you? Oh, okay Hey, yeah, back There's no energy, there's no one craving it And it's a shame, it's a great song And Eric's drums on the studio I mean, what are you going to say?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly it's, insane. it's a good pick Alright, uh, number four for Zeus, we're back
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I want to split this up I don't want to just do All makeup versus non-makeup Oh yeah, do whatever Uh I like calling Dr. Love the studio version Better than the Alive 2 version And I don't know if you're going to say something about it Because I know you guys both love Alive 2 I just like the The groove The crunch of that guitar And the pause Playing it live takes it away And I just I I don't know, there's just something about Gene's In his vocal delivery Versus the live version of it I just like
0: the studio version better. Yeah. I'm not going to necessarily argue with that. Alive two is one of those things where, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to put into words where a lot alive Two is almost like as a whole and what it represents is why I love alive Two. But there are certain songs, spoiler alert that might be on my list. Yeah. Um, but I, I can see what you're saying. I love the alive two version. But that studio version does have a little bit, a little bit something that might be missing in the live version. But okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you on that pick.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, even though I, I'm with you, I, I love a live two. Like I said many times, it's my favorite record. But it's hard to argue that the version on Rock and Roll Over, it's perfect. You know, yeah, Live Two is not far from it. But it is one of those songs where I could that's just as good on the studio version for me.
3: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I like and I like a little stupid, you know, background Doctor Love vocal coming. Oh yeah, through. yeah, yeah. Like some something like that, funky, something a little bit different sticks out for me. They can't translate that obviously
0: live. So no. Tom, number you, number four to you. Okay, so here's one that I like this version of it, but the studio version packs the punch and it's ballsier than than this version because it's the unplugged version you need for me you need the studio version of domino to get the full effect i like the unplugged version i think it's fun but that song is that song has a swagger and it's a ballsy song you need the electric guitar you need bruce's solo you need eric's drum you you need the full package i thought it was creative and different that they did it on unplugged but it just pales in comparison to what's on revenge and revenge is my favorite non-makeup album. So domino, I think loses a little bit. And if I'm using my, my, my methodology here of comparing it to a studio live release, then I'm going to take domino on revenge over the unplugged version every day.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, I can't argue that the the revenge version is great. I don't think the unplugs version loses that much, but I can understand why I can understand why you picked that. I don't, I don't disagree with it.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm I'm kind of indifferent. I like them both. Yeah, I, I I don't pick up on it, but the song might mean more to you because I know how much you care about revenge. Yeah, so you like that version better.
2: Yep, Joey, number four. So for me, number four, it, this is a pick that's weird because when I first heard this song, I was so excited about it. I was so hungry for new Kiss in such a long time. When I heard this, I was like. Thank God, this is what I've been waiting for, and I'm going to go with Psycho Circus. When I first <laughs> heard, when I first heard the song Psycho Circus on the record, I I fell in love with it. But now, every when I hear them about to play it live or open up a show with it, it just feels so dead and flat, and just I just don't even want to be anywhere near the show live when I hear this. Especially, you know, now or even when they did it on the Psycho Focus tour, because I know Peter didn't play on that on the record. So you lost that energy that was on the record. But I love the studio version of that.
1: So, you know, you mean what you're saying to me is it sounds like the regular studio version now. What do you mean? Well, you just described how it sounds to you. Right. When you hear it live. I'm right. like, yeah. So it sounds like the studio version. No, dude, this fucking no. song
2: sucks. The it studio version of catchy. that has such energy to it. It was when I knew Kiss, okay, now we're now we're talking. You know, the rest of Psycho Circus felt flat for me a little bit, but when I heard that first song, I was I was thrilled.
1: Yeah, I, it it doesn't do it. For, I can't stand Paul lyrics that don't have a a catchy hook chorus. Him just saying you're in the Psycho Circus doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't it's not a Paul Stanley hook. And it it just doesn't. I can't it's a pet peeve of mine every the listeners know so i'm just going to move on i don't want tom you t- no, uh, dude i mean listen
0: you're from boston you don't know
2: what you're talking about well, i get it oh here we
0: go now jo- joey the reason i burst out laughing is not because that's a bad pick i burst out laughing because i knew that was going to go i knew that was going to go up zeus's ass cuz he can't stand that song i don't think it's that bad of a song i i agree with you joey 100% that if you're going to if i'm going to listen to psycho circus it's absolutely going to be the studio version i gr- i'll give you that um i i i I'm, the song is okay to me um, I think Zeus has a very unhealthy relationship with that song and he hates it, but that's okay. That's okay.
1: It's because Paul tried. I probably would be indifferent to it if Paul didn't try to shove it down our throat. And I have to hear him say, well, a song like Cycle Circus is now a classic.
2: Well, and no. People, but, like, no, it's yeah, not a fucking classic. You dude, play But it I, I agree with you. That's why it's one of the only songs in the Kiss catalog <laughs> that I really can't stand live. I just, I can't listen to it. And it is because of that. It's because him trying to show, now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna force feed you this classic. I agree. Yeah. But that doesn't to me doesn't take away from the coolness and, and the first new makeup kiss song that I heard in a long time.
1: Okay. Go okay. On. Number three for me. I'm gonna go back to this. And I heard it on the end of the road tour, and that is Tears Are Falling. Ooh, yes. I'm sorry, I didn't get to hear Bruce Play this live But Tommy can't play it live (laughs) The solo does Not work, that was Brutal, so we heard On the end of the road tour when they came back to Manchester that they were playing this So, oh, secret, they're gonna Play Tears of Falling, got all pumped Up, heard it, and we're like Both of us, same reaction Like, this is fucking terrible Didn't (laughs) translate at all and the, the the you know the video and the little wipers on Paul's eyes and Bruce in the shower. I mean, it, it's just iconic. I I the studio version sticks out for me.
0: Yeah, I I would have uh, Zeus. I totally agree with you. I would have picked that if 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 it was on a live album. But it's stuck in. It, it was in my head because that live version that we saw. And you're right. It's unfortunate we never we didn't get to see it. You know, obviously. When when we when we knew each other, because I, yeah. I think when I, I think when I saw them on the hot in the shade tour, I can't I don't have the set list in front of right now. I think Bruce may I think that may have been in the set list. I can't recall. But when we saw Tommy play and I loved we're Tommy fans but that was just bad we 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 looked at each other like we looked at each other during the solo and we were just like ah nah, this is this is not happening this is not not to mention it just sounded flat the whole band sounded flat oh, if yeah, you, It was if a if bad. Want to get into it, it. Bad. the chorus was like oh no tears are falling i was like <laughs> oh no no it was, it was it was it was rough it was rough
2: yeah this was definitely one of my my honorable mentions too so a lot what a lot of people don't understand too when when especially when you're hearing the band play these 80s songs now, they're tuned down a whole step. Yeah. So they're, they're, everything sounds like mud because they can't. Paul can't sing that high anymore. So the song, the version that you know and love has this feel-good vibe to it, tonality-wise, whereas when you hear it, what they're doing live, it sounds like garbage. It sounds like mud. So and and believe it or not you know not to knock him and i think he is a phenomenal drummer you know uh, an, an amazing drummer but eric singer all of these songs that we're mentioning he falls flat on all of these songs live he really does he doesn't he wow. eric eric and peter eric and peter chris you know eric Carr and peter chris they both had a certain swagger about their playing peter had this swing shuffle type swagger And Eric Carr had this this pocket groove behind the beat playing that Singer just doesn't have, and he can't copy it. He tries, but he can't copy it. He's super proficient in everything he does technically-wise, but he doesn't have the feel of either one of those two drummers. And it it makes the song suffer, where a lot of people think it's Tommy, but I agree on certain things it is Tommy, but Eric is the one that's really making these songs drag and feel very robotic.
0: Wow. wow. And that 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 is some great commentary from the shout it out loudcast resident drummer here. <laughs> yeah. So but you <laughs> know what? Joey, you bring up a good point and Cue, I wait, think,
1: what was that Joey? I'm sorry.
2: Cue the Godfather music. Oh, yeah. oh it's coming. But you
0: already (laughs) played before we move on. I just want to bring up a quick point that, that you kind of bring up. It kind of makes sense. And I kind of liken it to a guitar player where there's a reason why my two favorite guitar players are ace and slash because they can do everything, but they also have a little bit of groove and swagger and a little bit of sloppiness to them and a little bit of unpredictability, but they can play. They're not note for note. Technical robots like a like a like say like an ingve who can do everything you would want a guitarist to do up and down the fretboard, and as much as I love Eric Singer and I do the Revenge lineup I love, but I don't know if it's when he's live. But you're right, Joey. He he's very he, he's he's so technical and so precise that sometimes it almost takes away from that groove that you need to kind of to kind of kick the song in the ass a little bit.
2: Not sometimes, always. So I I always think, you know, style is way more important than being proficient. And some of these, these, you know, hired gun type guys that Eric was his whole life, he is a hired gun and he gets so much work because he can do stuff very proficiently, very fast and, and play the song, you know, perfect tempo, perfect this, perfect that. But he doesn't have his own swagger. Yeah, And that's what I think he's always missing. Eric Carr and Peter Crisp both had this exceptional swagger that both, you know, Eric Carr and a lot of people, you know, I'm a drummer, so I I, I know I can really pick a part they're playing. Eric, so many of those songs, he's riding his toms. And like, even the song like Tears Are Falling, he's doing that tom pattern in the chorus where it's, it's so unorthodox and Ringo-esque that Eric mm. Singer tries to do it. And it just sounds like he's doing something it's like a robot, like you can almost program it And it doesn't work Interesting, wow,
1: it's a good, good stuff thought. I wish this is some part of the thing that we talked about At one point in previous episodes Where I'm like, versus Bob Versus Bob Kulik versus Ace Bob is a hired gun He can do things that probably Ace can't He can do, right. handle everything But maybe he doesn't have the groove that Ace Absolutely. does To Same have thing. that feeling To be like, well that's just a He's got a style, and that style fits But Bob can do that. Bob can play that. Bob can do this. Bob can play more blues. Bob can. But it's not. It doesn't matter. It's still the feeling and the and you know the vibe that you get when Ace plays. I get it. I get it. Um. So
0: that goes to you, Tom, number three, three number number three. So uh, you know, I want to preface this by saying "Alive" two is my favorite live album, top to bottom, inside and out, and I love this live version of the song. But the studio version has something that the live version doesn't have that kind of tips it tips the studio version in, in its favor for me. And that is Christine 16 because you need the piano. You need the piano without the piano. That song is not the same. And I like the alive two version, but I, I need the piano and that's why the love gun version is superior to me. I think the piano makes that song so iconic and to not have it, I think is a, is a big loss on the alive two version for me.
2: Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Again, even though Alive 2 is my favorite version, uh, you know, all those records, especially, you know, even though I love Early Kiss, the second, those second three and Alive 2, really, to me, that's my kiss. My kiss is Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Love Gun, Alive 2. You know what I mean? Yep, that's, yep. and then solo albums. But, you know, I love Early Kiss, but Kiss was much closer mm-hmm. studio album-wise and Alive 2 in, in those years than a live one in the early records. So I cool. agree. Yeah. All the stuff on, on those second three records is much closer to the live versions.
0: Oh yeah, I agree with that. I'll give you that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah, you I agree with that as well. Good way to look uh at
1: Joey, it. you're number three.
2: So my three we mentioned earlier it was it was one of uh Tom's pick picks on the other side. To me lick it up. I you to me you just lose something. And I know it's a tempo issue sometimes but there's a groove to Lick It Up, and Eric, the way Eric swaggers it from his hi-hat over to his tom, and you could see him in the Lick It Up video, a lot of people don't know, but he's he's doing this type of groove, almost like a Charlie Watts type thing when he he mm. kind of takes away this, the hi-hat on the snare drum, how Charlie Watts does it. Eric does that on his floor tom during the chorus of Lick It Up, and it creates this, this vibe and this pocket that, Live you just don't get it And then don't get me started on the whole You know middle breakdown Garbage and I never <laughs> liked it It just doesn't work It falls flat on it's ass every time I know they think it's all high and mighty That they can do a little who a who Breakdown but the song Lick It Up On the record is what make Made Kiss Back again that's what yeah. put them back on the map Without the studio version Of Lick It Up we might not be talking Right now
0: Yeah Interesting point. Okay. Not bad. Back to you. Anything you want to say on lick it up or no, it's kind of covered it. No, I just think it's funny how I think it's the first song where we're opposite, you know, where I had the live version because I don't like the studio version and then Joey's flip flop. So I think that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I I will say this for the, the studio version, you're correct. And what I think of the studio version nowadays, I think of the family guy. Where he has oh, a yeah. band, <laughs> yep. and they, they can't, any channel he had now because he has a Hummer, every channel he has is playing Lick It Up <laughs> because <laughs> it's, like, so toxic. <laughs> I just think it's fantastic.
3: Wait, yeah. Think living on, living on. Uh, yeah, It's me. Can you change the station? Five different stations all playing Lick It Up by Kiss. Hummer.
1: You're right. That fucking song was so badass and brought them right back on the map. There's some nostalgia there for us. Yep. Number two for me, Tom, that's why I didn't talk about your number three, and that was pretty obvious for me, and that was Christine 16 for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I- I'm the same way, you know, the the piano and the little keyboard, whatever you want to call it, it's just you know, it's iconic for Kiss. It is. You know, and it just doesn't <clears> come across live. And I actually like a an, another stupid little part of a song, but it, it means something to me because I remember singing along with it and as a kid. When I love when they do the chorus and then someone and then they change the words and sixteen Christine, Chris, you know, it's Christine yep. sixteen, and they start changing the order. I love that version on the the studio. You know, and I don't yeah. like the Gene. Creepy! I'm gonna go molest an <laughs> underage girl. Vocal part in the middle, but you know the, the 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 studio version
0: is iconic. So this is this is so funny because my son is 16, <laughs> and he 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 loves all he loves all genres of music. He's he's seen Kiss with us twice. He's been with me and Zeus and our buddy Murph. So he he likes Kiss. He uh his he has Spotify on his phone. All kinds of genres of music, and he has a couple of Kiss songs. So he, he the other, th- this is funny because th- this is not why I picked it, but or it has nothing to do with anything. But he goes, dad, Christine 16 is really like a creep show of a song. He's like, if you, I go, oh, I know. I go, the song is spectacular. But Gene, he's like, yeah, that's just not a good song. I'm like, no no, no, it's a good song. The lyrics are bad. I said, and it probably is a little weird for you because you're 16. So. Uh, but it's just funny. You you think about it now, and they played that on. Um, I think it was Rock the Nation. They played it, and it was like you know, Gene, you're an old yeah. man, dude. You, you, th- I think there's a reason why they don't play that now because he's 71 <laughs> years old. But uh, I thought that yeah, was funny. I,
2: yeah, I mean, listen, I, I love. I'll go back to saying, you know, those years for me, the studio versions and the live two are just so magical. Yeah, I almost don't have a bad thing to say about any of that stuff. No,
0: I, I hear you. I hear you. Tom, Uh, number two. Number two for me. So this might be an unusual one, but this is because it is, well, not probably. It is my favorite Kiss song, or at least tied with another song. And again, kind of like Christine 16, there's something with the production of the studio version that is lost on the live version. And that is Come On and Love Me. And that is because I love the acoustic guitar overlay that you hear on the dress to kill version that you lose in the alive version. I like the alive version, but the snappiness in the, 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 the little pep, the production of dress to kill is one of the reasons why I love it. It's a snappy little record. There's a lot of acoustic in it and come on and love me has that in the live version does not. And that sticks out for me on that song. I like alive, but I go to the studio version 10 times out of 10.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think dress to kill is a very underrated record. I think it's one of their best records, maybe the yeah. top three for me and production value wise is one of the reasons I, I think the production on dress to kill is absolutely awesome. And, it, and and it also goes back to almost what I was saying earlier, how they're playing and their actual execution of the songs came, became closer together around that period. So you know, kiss and then hotter than hell. They're they're still not studio musicians yet. Whereas when you get to dress to kill, they're starting to. Un- okay, this is who we are live, and this is kind of who we are in the studio too. So they had a little bit of that live vibe on those tracks on dress to kill. So they were closer to the live versions.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it too,
1: Zeus. Uh this was a tweener for me. I okay. like both versions. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I just something about Paul screaming out. Come on, love me. That and is awesome. This, yeah. And the drums and everything goes off. But I, I agree with you. I like the simplistic little undertones of the guitars and the studio version. But that's just the thing. I can dig the live version. I can dig the studio. It's just one that I'm not going to say. Oh, that one's so much better.
0: Right. Right. They're okay. both
2: fantastic. And there's okay. a difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Joey. Joey, uh, Joey number, number two. two.
2: So number two for me is, you know, this is a song. I I know it's probably overplayed and maybe because it's a hit, it's probably, you know, everyone's sick to it, sick of it. And, you know, they want to be they want to throw up when they hear it. But the song forever on Mm. on Hot in the Shade, the production value, the songwriting, everything about that song. I know it's it's cliche by now because we've heard it so many times, but it's it's a perfect song. It's actually from the production of the vocal to obviously, you know, everyone talks about the guitar solo. It's it's perfect. And when they try to do it live, it's still pretty damn good, but they can never capture what they captured in the studio. Uh,
0: that's a great one. You're right. They tried it on a live three, uh, but that's a song where that, that those little added production flourishes that they use on Hot in the Shade. And you're right. It might be the most perfect ballad ever ever written whether ballad or power ballad and i think because it's a kiss song people kind of dismiss it but the song is amazing it, it has probably my maybe my all-time favorite bruce solo that he's ever done yeah. you know maybe other than tears of falling but you're right that that's a song the live version is okay but that's a song where you, i want the hot the shade version that's a that's a great pick
1: um i i can't say enough that's an awesome pick i it's one of these when you bring it up now for me, I'm like, holy shit, yeah, that is so much better as a studio. The thing that picks up for me, the biggest thing about the song that made me fall in love with it again, watch the video. When you watch the video and you hear the song, they do more close-ups of Eric than any time in any video. Yeah. And You're all right. of a sudden, I notice the drumming in this song. Every beat, I can hear him going. And then, boom, oh. here's a simple. I never noticed the drumming. And then when I watched the video, I'm like, Eric is fucking tearing it up on this. And th- when you think of Forever, you don't think of the drumming until I saw the video. And I, I fell in love with it. So it's a great pick because it makes me think of that
2: show. so great. You're so right. I owe, oh, you know, that's a song. I never realized how good the drumming was too until I tried to cover it. And I did it. I, I covered it a couple of times with, with buddies of mine. And for a ballad, Eric is Playing his ass off in that song film-wise. He really, and he he's is. going, you know, it's it's a little buried in the production just because of it because it's a ballad. But he like you said, Zeus, when you see the video and you see what he's doing, it makes the audio pop more in your brain. So you can kind of understand what's going on more.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then obviously yep. the Bruce solo. Oh yeah. So all right. Number one for me, Tom's gonna get a kick out of this one. Oh no. But number one for me, not because there was an incident. That it's very famous on our show Oh Jesus Uh oh. Number one for me is I Want You The studio version I like it Nothing great I can't stand the live version Paul yeah. Stanley fucking destroyed this And I think he specifically destroyed his voice Off of this fucking song <laughs> And now he can't sing Because for like 20 years great All call. he wanted to do Is keep telling us and just do those vocal things that he would do for this fucking song and and then he would just say it and then repeat it and say it and obviously i can't do this right now but it was so fucking annoying like dude who are you impressing nobody's enjoying this you're it's fucking terrible and plus in addition to that this was at the i believe tom was this the rock the nation tour that
0: yeah, the I want you incident happened. No, 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 no. That, no, that was at Great Woods. That was when they played with poison. Okay. Yep. Yeah, That was the I don't forget what the name of that tour was, but I that thought was. When was they played with, with yeah, poison that's, was Rock, that's the, Rock Nation. the Nation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. My mistake. ZO2 okay. was there, right?
1: Yeah, Just Joey so was happens, there. And that's yes, what brought I, up. I, yes. I was there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, you're right. That's what brought up the, the awful scent yep. that came <laughs> out of my ass, Joey. That destroyed. I'm not joking. Five rows. It, it was and like it, it was like thirty somebody... rows deep. The the guy in the back, Joey, the guy all the way at the end of the aisle, thirty rows down. Looked back at me, was like, like what the fuck is wrong with you?
0: Literally yelling at Zeus.
2: <laughs> it was the ab- most. That is absolutely amazing. Dude, I love that. It story. was
1: a <laughs> fucking drunk fest, and we have this old. Old hibachi, like little fucking thing. Uh, we were cooking burgers and dog on, and dogs on. It must have had like, like grease on it for like thirty years, and we were cooking, drinking uh, Bud Lights. By the time the concert started, my ass just let out this scent. Uh, it destroyed everything, and it was during the "I Want You." and we were all like what the fuck is that it was,
0: it was i was brutal. hiding cuz people were like getting upset
2: and this oh, is an out- I
0: assaulted them
2: and this is an outdoor venue i am sure that, that unfortunately that event probably made a lot of people hate the live version of i want you
1: <laughs> hey you remember that time i want you and some guy fucking stunk up the whole stadium outdoors yeah that was us um the i want you and it's you know not not you know kidding aside that Paul fucking vocal thing that he did killed that
0: song, oh yeah yeah i'm I'll be honestly I'm not a fan of any version of that song <laughs> uh no honestly, I just have not I'm just not a big fan of any version of that song, uh okay, so number one for me, the live version is okay it's it's the song, so I like it, but the studio version again. It has the little bit of an intro before the song actually kicks in. It's probably my all-time favorite Gene song, which is unusual because it's a non-makeup song, and that is Unholy. I only want to hear the version off of Revenge. I love the buildup of Bruce kind of clanging away on those chords before the song, before the riff kicks in. And just something about that, the, the, again, the production i I, i've heard it live it's on a live three i like it because it's unholy but that is a song where the studio just turned that into a monster for me yeah
2: i'm with. yeah i mean yeah i'm kind of with you too it's funny um i i love the studio version obviously and it's another one of those songs that they did for a while there they did it on the rock the nation tour and they didn't do God of Thunder because they they filled that hole with Unholy. Yeah. Yep. And I remember every si- I watched every single show from the front row of that whole tour, and I remember every night I would I would be disappointed that they're not doing God of Thunder and they're doing Unholy.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. Yep. Uh,
1: isn't
2: there, Isn't there something about
1: Unholy as a musician? I heard that they have difficulty playing the song live because of the bass, and Gene can't play it live correctly. Because of the singing and the bass line on it? Maybe,
2: yeah, I don't know. Maybe the bass pattern is hard to sing with, but Gene is like a genius when it comes to that stuff, much like Paul McCartney. He can do a melody on the bass line completely different than what he's singing and have no problem doing it, which is wow. very, very difficult to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. to, I've
0: we, we've we've sung the praises about how underrated Gene is as a bass player. Again, he Absolutely. gets he, he gets yep. dismissed because he's the blood spitting demon, but the, he, he's an t- unbelievable bass player. Yeah, yeah. So
2: that brings us to uh, Joey number one. So my number one, I actually pivoted a little bit because now when I, when I heard Zeus's way of thinking, using all these other live things and comparing it that way. You know, originally, like we, we talked about, Tom, I was comparing a studio version to the live recorded yeah, version. Yeah. Okay. Right. OK. So but now that I have another frame of reference that I could use to me, something that it, you know, rubs me r- wrong on so many different levels, performance wise, character wise, just slap in the face wise. I, I just I can't watch Eric Singer do Beth. I, I knew it. I just Ooh. can't. I can't watch it. It's great. It's, call. And, and he actually does a good job. He's okay. You know, I, I know Paul praises his vocal ability mainly because he can cover most of his high notes, but Eric doesn't have a great voice. I don't care what you say. Eric's voice is very subpar compared to Peter's oh, and yeah. Eric Carr's. Eric, I mean, Peter, Chris, is, Peter, Chris had the best voice out of all of them. He couldn't control it, but it was it, the tone he had was undeniable. And even Eric Carr had a great voice too. He had more of a control controlled voice, and Eric Singer's voice is just pretty regular to me. And and yeah. for him to get this highlight of the piano and coming up from the fucking stage and playing the piano and they come, it's a, it's a beautiful visual. Don't get me wrong, but it's something that they should have had Peter do years ago, and if not, have him do at the end of this tour. And to see Eric do it every night and the audio quality of it compared to the studio version, which is, to me is, you know, the studio version of Beth, much like forever. It's so funny that I picked two two of their biggest ballads as mm-hmm. my one and two. But the studio version of Beth, you know, orchestration wise and, and quality wise in Peter's voice, it is produced so perfectly. Yes. It's so perfect. And then you go from that and then having the sacrilege of, of seeing Eric play it on piano and I get it. Don't get me wrong. It is an awesome visual having the throwback of like um, the Paul end of them walking out onto the, with the piano. I get it. But you know, me being a Peter Chris freak, it, it just hurts me to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joey, what a great pick. I couldn't agree with you more. I have never liked Eric Carr. excuse me, Eric singer singing Beth. And I think, you know, What they did with the Paul Lind tribute with the piano rising up, like you said, I just, I don't like it. I think, I think it's a ballsy move to be having, you know, I I don't want to get off on a tangent. So I'm just going to say this, but I think it's a ballsy move to do the end of the road tour and play Beth with Eric Singer singing it. I just think it's a ballsy friggin' move by the band and I don't like it. And I think that's a great pick by you.
1: Yeah. The other problem I have You're right, it's a big time Slap in the face, and I honestly think That's something that Paul says, yeah, fuck him Let's do it, like actually went Out of his way to stick it to him On this, I agree Uh, It's not not like just Peter, it's not them doing Mainline, and he's singing that part It's not him doing Hard Luck Woman, this is a song that actually Peter, you know, I know people Give him shit, did have Writing credit on this Okay? This is Peter's thing. Peter lives by this song. And you're having Eric come out with this stupid fucking wig which makes him look ridiculous <laughs> and his chubby face that just does not go with the Peter Chris makeup. And to mime the piano, which we know he's not fucking playing. It just, you know what, at this point no one really cares to hear Beth. Who is clamoring right now to hear Beth? Paul thinks they are. Well, we gotta play it. It was our only it's our highest hit of all time and you know what it fucking tweaks P- uh, peter chris fuck
0: him let's play it and i think the bigger slap i think the extra slap in the face is doing the 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 you know the the homage to the paul lynn special where, where peter was there yeah like er, 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 Eric eric singer wasn't part of
2: that yeah the, you, po- you- the part that bothers me the most it's awesome i you know, if, if they would have done this for Peter on the reunion tour, yes, the visual of that and then them coming out at the end, like the Poland, the piano, all this stuff, you know, Eric is playing the piano a little bit, but he's playing the chords around the track. So yeah. he is playing a little bit, but they could have taught Peter that too. You know, you could teach someone that in, in in about two three weeks and Peter could have fucking killed it. And he would have had the spotlight that he deserved all those years and to give that to eric and I, it's so funny just i never heard anyone mention the makeup with eric's chubby face oh. now but you're you're so right and <laughs> and, I, and, and, and you know i know Chip i've I've, I, I've been, been bad mouthing him a little bit this podcast i love eric singh i think he's a cool guy i am friends with him i i think he's great i think he's a phenomenal drummer but you know comp- when you put him in these situations to be compared To Peter and Eric Carr in these situations that you're not letting the poor guy have his own spotlight, like he did on the Revenge tour, you know you're just asking for it. So it's not Eric's fault. I get it. If I if Kiss asked me to do the piano part on Beth, I would say sign me up tomorrow, baby, and I would have no no you know qualms about it. But you being a Kiss guy like me and loving Peter, I just can't watch it. It hurts me. Yeah,
1: um, got, uh, it's just—it's funny. We bring Joey onto the show, and all of a sudden, he's like,
2: "Fuck this guy!" Fuck, <laughs> I love it. Paul <laughs> is, in right the, it's, and it's crazy because you know I love those guys, but I have to be. That's we are, though, buddy. Us I, too. I, That's I how know. we. are. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Uh, I'm not going to hold my them. punches. Yeah, just because I love something doesn't mean I can't criticize you.
0: Bingo. Oh, exactly. exactly. Poor Joey.
2: People are like what the fuck, Joey? What the hell is? is. Hold on. Eric Singer just texted me. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> all right, buddy. Do you want to give us your honorable mentions? Any, yeah, any any honorable mentions here? Yeah, so I mean mine on that Tears of Falling was mentioned but one of my other honorable ones even though it's my favorite live record of all time the studio version of Love Gun to me always was yes. so much better than the live and I don't even mean just the live two across the board and I think it has a lot to do with the vocal. You know, not the lead vocals so much but the background vocals the background yeah. vocals for Love Gun—it's a very tricky vocal with that three-part harmony singing those those big long notes. Love Gun—it's—it's a—it's tricky. So I never thought they pulled it off live as well as as the studio.
1: Hey, another thing on that—what do you think of when you hear Love Gun now is going to get played? My mind immediately goes to Paul swinging through the air. Yeah, That's when you you're right. It, like it's dis- it's distracting. You took away from the song. It was cool yep. in the beginning. But now that's what I think of Love Gun. Okay, here comes the gimmick. This is part of the
2: show where he'll yeah. do this, and it's like it's, it's uh, another funny shit. story. I probably told it on the show before, but I had the pleasure of playing Love Gun with Paul Stanley on the Kiss tour. So we were we were sound checking one day. I'm not sure if I ever told you. It's that in that your story. book, right? It, it's in the book. Yeah, I, yeah. we set. Yeah. ZO2 was sound checking one day, and we were a pretty new band, so we didn't have many songs to play, but. Paulie Z and I were in Kiss Nation together, Kiss Tribute Band. So, yeah. of course, we knew the whole Kiss catalog. So I just started playing Love Gun one day. And the other two guys, you know, joined in. And we were like, oh, can we, should we be doing this? And two seconds later, Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer come out. Oh. And we thought we, thought we were going to get, like, looked at, like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? But yeah. Paul grabbed the mic, started singing lead. Tommy plugged in, started doing the solo. And it's funny because the chorus came up. And my lead singer, Paulie Z, tried to sing background uh. with Paul Stanley on the same mic. And Paul, Sta- Paul Stanley's a little bit of a germaphobe, you know, pandemic Paul. And <laughs> he um, he pulled away like, like, oh. oh god. And I shot my singer, Paul E. Z, a look like if you chase Paul Stanley <laughs> out of this, j- j- out of jamming with us from with your dirty breath, I'm going to kill you.
0: Now the oh, one now it's funny because oh, the one wait, wait, let me just get this
3: last oh, part go in ahead, Tom.
1: Go ahead. Poor Paulie in all <laughs> in your whole book, he just gets the fucking shit constantly, whether it's about the fucking love handles or fucking picking Don't bring up, the, that up. Picking up you should trust me, you should have seen the conversation I had to have afterwards with him after he read it. Or the fucking 10%. Oh yeah, here's a 10% coupon <laughs> when he's hanging out with you guys at the fucking
2: after hanging <laughs> out eating just like i said before just because i i love guys it doesn't mean i can't make fun of them and criticize them right Purpose. i love zeus i love zeus but i call him a stupid bastard all the time right oh geez yeah. but see the one thing you guys are missing i'll take the,
0: it the one thing you're missing that the alive two version has is that spectacular intro all right love gun and then right. like i lo- like i love uh, because I, when, uh, I do whenever i, I do that, whenever i hear that zeus i think of that i think of that fake Twitter page <laughs> that we found out that Baco was running. <laughs> oh Paul D8WL Stanley. And he, and, he, and, he t- and, he, and he tweeted out a thing saying, oh yeah, I tell everybody they could get tickets for the Kiss Cruise and hear all these deep cuts. All right, love gun. <laughs> <laughs> all that right. So, true. Tom, your honorable mentions? So one of my honorable mentions is one of the things that uh-huh. kind of like kind of led me to have this You know, this as a topic idea, and it was a conversation I I think I've had with Zeus, and I know I've had with our buddy Steve from Potter Than Hell, and he agrees with me on this. Again, I feel bad. This is my second song off of Alive 2. So, again, I'm not making any sense because Alive 2 is my favorite. But the studio version of Ladies Room, I just love it compared to Alive 2 because it's slowed down, and I think it gives it a groove that is lost a little bit on the alive two version, because as you know, most live albums, you know, it's kind of sped up a little bit, but I think it's that, I think it's like that kind of sleazy, slower groove on the rock and roll over version. And I really, really prefer that. Um, And then my other honorable mention Zeus, you're going to hate this because I think this, 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 this was on, this is one of your favorites for live versus studio. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And that's the studio version of firehouse. (laughs) Are you joking? <laughs> no. Oh, and and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why it's kind of the reasons it's all the opposite reasons. <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that it's slowed down kind of like ladies room. Oh. I like the fact, I like the fact that it's kind of sleazy and has a little bit of a groove to it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the alive version. I mean, I like the alive version of all these songs, like we said at the beginning, but those would be, those would be my two, uh, my two honorable yeah. mentions, any live, alive one, alive two. Those songs get little bumps
1: from us all because yes. we know the fucking intros or the exits or the Paul yep, Stanley, and it just gives us that something. The whole yep. Paul Stanley banter on Colgin, yep. the Paul Stanley banter on Firehouse, I, I it, yep. it just adds to it. Yep. Um, that's fine, Tom. That's okay for me. The my two honorable mentions, real quick, was Hide Your Heart. I, I think that's oh, a yeah, yeah, killer. It kills yep. the mood when they play that live. It yep. just doesn't go well, especially on end of the road. Okay. And another one for me, and that is Strutter. Really, I, I, there's some like, look, Strutter is a mid tempo kiss song. Yep. I, I just mid tempo songs for me like Hide Your Heart and Strutter is it, one of those. Oh, okay, Strutter. Yeah. No yeah. one's rocking out. I've got to yeah. hear Strutter except for that guy that stalked Murph. Oh Jesus. It's not one of those like rocking songs. And so like hide your heart. Tears are falling. Mid-tempo, they're not ballads, but they're they're rocking. So strutter is a great song. And I love and we talk about this. I love the Paul Stanley New York accent on the original. I know. (laughs) Right? I love that. And you like disco strutter. Three different versions of it. it. Not that the live version isn't good as well. I just think the 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 studio version's a little bit better. And okay. starter just doesn't do it for me live. Okay. That's all. All right. That's cool. All. Wow. So we're so, going to
0: yeah, this is so a short it. episode. Yeah, this is going to be a nice long episode, but we knew that we when when you add Joey to the two of us talking, forget <laughs> it. But uh, no, no,
1: it's been but, great. So yeah. usually Joey, what we do when we end we have a question. And Tommy had a question lined up, but I am cutting him off. Take I away hold his him. Let me get in here. You know why? Because I was talking to your friend, my friend, and Tommy's friend. And that is your favorite that you told me not to say his name. And that is Mr. Sonny Pooney. Sonny Pooney. <laughs> and I remember waking up, who the fuck is Sonny Pooney? <laughs> so, uh oh. So when I was talking to him about this episode, we were talking about something. Sonny has this big thing to shit on Peter Chris because he knows how much I love him. So he came up to me and he was saying this to me. And then he said, "And his big theory was to prove how how wrong I was." He's like, "Oh yeah? Why don't you go ask? uh, Why am I doing that voice? That's not doing." Hold on, that
2: wasn't bad. I like that little nasally, you know. (laughs) Why don't
1: don't you go ask Joey? Joey Casada, when you next time you see him, ask him what he thinks. He's a drummer. (laughs) And now you have. What's the question?
2: What is the exact question?
1: question. So we were talking about he's saying how bad Peter Chris is. I was like, "All right, I'll give you the '79 and on." Peter, he couldn't play the drums. He had the car accident. He's all on crack, whatever. But to '79, he was perfect for the band. He's like, "I don't give a fuck what era of the band you're talking about." Eric Carr was the best player in Kiss. I said he was. Afterwards, Peter Chris would not work in '80s Kiss. No, he would have a heart attack if he tried to play anything from "Lick It Up" that's fast. So, but I said, "No," he Peter Chris was the best fit. From eight from seventy four to to seventy nine, he was awesome. And he says to me, and he says that's garbage. He was, and I said, well, at least he was adequate. He goes, no, 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 no. Eric Carr in that era would have been better for Kiss. No way. Like, You're fucking out of your mind. Never mind the vocals that Peter provided during those early eras. He says to me, go ask. Joey Casada, a drummer, wouldn't Kiss have been better with Eric Carr's drumming style and Eric Carr in Kiss in the beginning than Peter Criss?
2: So, you know, we've been I've been preaching it this whole entire episode. And I think all of our picks have almost preached it in our own way that style is way more than proficient proficiency. You don't have to be the most proficient player to be the best player. You know, everyone always asks, who's the best drummer? And if I, you know, if you say Eric Carr or Peter Chris, people will laugh at you. They'll say, well, what about Neil Peart and, and, and you know, Mike Porto and all these guys? But I will take stylistic players over technically proficient any day of the week. And Peter Chris had such a swagger and a feel and just much. I always compare him to Ringo for the Beatles. Can Ringo, you know, can you take Ringo and put him into um, Ozzy Osbourne and, and can he play those songs or can Ringo play on Broadway? And can no, but Ringo had such a melodic way he wrote his drum parts that he made some of those Beatles songs what they are by just creating what he created. He wouldn't play rhythm with his right hand. He would play only twos and fours and he would create all this other stuff around the round just for the music. And that's exactly what Peter did. Peter, when you listen to Peter's drum fills in the early Kiss, they're musical. They're not regular straight drum fills. They're actually singable his drum fills. So mm-hmm. and my biggest comparison again, I hate to keep shitting on the poor guy today, but <laughs> if you t- if you listen to if you listen if you listen to the, the re-records that Kiss tried to do yeah, I know. Um, With the Sonic Boom album You remember oh, the, the disc that came yes. with it Yeah, the second disc And it's also and re- something like that yes, the yeah, yeah, The, the Japanese release, right So yeah. don't listen to any of Paul, Gene, none of that Listen to just the drums If you listen to the drums Peter's drums and Eric's drums Eric Carr's drums Trying to be recreated by Eric Singer They are so unlistenable not because he's not playing the right parts; he's playing everything perfect. But there's no groove, and Peter Chris had such a groove that was undeniable back in the seventies. Yep. Kiss. So, can I say Eric Carr would have been better? I love Eric Carr. Eric Carr is probably my biggest influence, but he would not have been better in seventies Kiss than Peter Chris. No.
0: I think that I think I think Peter Chris to me is the reason, one of the reasons, why Dressed to Kill is one of my favorite albums. If you go, go and listen to what Peter is doing on dress to kill, go and listen to r- what he's doing on room service. Yeah. Get away. Or get away. Or go, go listen to what he's doing on lover. All I can. He's he's on another level. And, and what he's doing is what Joey is saying. He's playing with a groove and a swagger. He's not being bombastic. Like Eric was on creatures of the night. or will lick it up. And you don't want that on dress to kill. So I'll be honest with you. I, we look, we love Sonny and I know he has his feelings and everybody, I, you know, opinions about, I honestly shit on him. don't want, don't fucking shit on him. Go well, ahead. let me, I'm go, I'm go, I'm going to, and it's not, it's not just him. It's, it's in general. I truly don't understand the Peter Chris hatred. I, it's almost parody. I see it on Twitter a lot. We're, we're, yeah. Zeus and I are friends with a lot of kiss fans. And I see people like literally going out of their way to insult and shit on him. And I'm like, Either you're you're so young that you don't know what you're talking about, or you're just or there has to be something personal because I don't understand how somebody could literally really dislike Peter Chris. I don't get it. And here's two things critically, Black
1: Diamond, commercially, Beth. Kiss doesn't have either of the two biggest ones
0: for them if it wasn't for Without him. him. No, you're probably right. You probably
1: one right. of the
2: best ways I always try to describe drumming to non-drummers too is if, if I can take it, you know, today's day and age, everything is drum programs, right? There's very yeah. lo- little live drumming going on on records today, especially in the pop world. If you can program a drum machine to play, I can program a drum machine tomorrow to play Tom Sawyer or YYZ perfectly. You'll never know it's not Neil Perry playing. Never know. I can do it perfectly. But I guarantee you, I cannot, pl- I cannot program it perfectly to play 100,000 Years or even the shuffle in Detroit Rock City. You can't, if you can't copy a, a style, even drummers trying to cover those songs, it's a much harder song to cover a Peter Chris song, even than an er- Eric Carr is tough, too, but Peter Chris's style is way harder to copy than anyone else in Kiss.
0: Great point.
1: Great point. Yeah, and You're- I mean, I also add the fact is, never mind the drumming. Peter wasn't just the drumming in KISS. Yeah. It was his style. He was the New York badass. Okay, Ace was the drunk, but Peter was the fucking, and close your ears, Joey. The badass Italian in the fucking <laughs> band that had an attitude. The rock and roll star was like, fuck you, in gangs and shit. I, he brought that to the band. Something different that the other two squares didn't. And Ace was Ace was ace, but he wasn't like. A fucking like a
0: rebel. You didn't have that attitude. We've said it before. It was the perfect fit at the perfect time. Exactly. Like, like, you, like, take a
1: way to minimize and
0: say, well, if you just put Eric
1: Carr because Eric Carr is a better, you know, proficient drummer than him. I'm like, are you no. fucking kidding me?
2: Yeah, but that Never doesn't mean make up the, the same way the other way around. I don't want to see Peter Chris on Creatures of the Night either. Like you said, so no way. It has nothing to do with being. I hate when people ask, "Who's the best?" This, "Who's the best?" That it's it's a matter of opinion it's a matter of style it's a matter of preference it's there's no such thing who moves you what yes. what, what gets to you what who gives you that feeling when you listen to them sing play guitar what, or drums what makes you destroy a crowd with with your own ass smell in the middle of an arena <laughs> What makes that happen? It's it's a sad burger. And, and, and you know, I want you did it to Zeus.
0: It's expired meat that you grill on a $10 hibachi. That's what causes it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, guys, let's get to the main part. And the the best part of this is our plugs at the end. Joey, where can people find you? And where can they get your products? Well, again,
2: just in, cl- in case you use the video. So the new book, it's out right now. It's called Wrestling with Joey Licious. It's all over my social media. If you just type in Joey Licious on Amazon, it's available on Kindle. It's available on paperback. It's a super quick read. It's about 230 pages. It's literally the novelization of what the Joey Licious TV show will be. You can watch the shorts on Amazon Prime right now. You're streaming all the shorts right now. Watch those shorts. They're like five or six minutes each. If you like what you see there, it's me as a, as a wrestler with all the 80s stars, you know, the Iron Sheik and, and Nikolai Volkoff and Roddy Piper and Mick Foley, all these guys are in the shorts with me. If you like what you see there, go buy the book. You're going to see a lot of other crazy stuff with Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Jake the Snake Roberts. It's so much fun, and it's, it's just a fun story of, like, this Brooklyn guy. Like, I, I always compare it, you know, I, I like to say it's a cross between Seinfeld and Rocky. Oh, you just saw Rocky. <laughs> Look, little
0: Italian white man. I enjoy Sylvester Stallone's movies too, but I'm getting waiting to get some candy. I'm gonna go see a movie with my Why don't you just go hop in your iRock Z28 and take your ass home?
2: It's like the wacky zaniness of the four characters in Seinfeld, but the feel-good story of this good-hearted slob like Rocky. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Joey,
1: I, I loved what I saw before, and I'm anxious to take a look at the book. You also can find a. Uh, Joey's uh, ZO uh, two CDs are still available, and of course, your main book, right? Uh, Start yes, with my, the
2: dream, still out my, there. My autobiography, Start with the Dream, is still also available on Amazon. Um, Peter Chris, I've been talking him up the whole episode. Wrote the forward from my book, so you know Peter's featured heavily in the book. It tells stories of me on tour with Kiss and backstage with Kiss, and a lot of inside stories of just it's just a feel good Kiss fan story.
0: And if you want to hear Joey talk about that book with us, go back. And uh, we had Joey on, and I believe it was in April. And uh, we covered, uh, we did an interview with Joey talking about his book extensively. And that book is is terrific. So get the book and uh, listen to that episode if you haven't already.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I think the episode is called Joey Casada.
0: <laughs> exactly. Because we get very creative with the titles. Did you guys get my new book yet or what? I, I didn't know. I'll be honest with you, Joey. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't sure it was out. So I didn't know it was available. So forgive me. I, 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 I will order it tomorrow. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm not going to turn my coffee. show it's <laughs> been ordered. I <laughs> haven't um, received it yet. I, I, I'm going to tr- turn. I'm not even going to turn on my coffee first. I'm going to open up my Amazon I like app it. on my phone and buy the book.
2: Now we're talking. Yeah. And again, it, like I said, it's a super fast read. Even if you have Kindle, you can, you can open it up on Kindle. You can read it in a couple of days. It's just, it's just crazy zany stuff going on. It's a comedy.
1: And awesome. I'm a big wrestling guy, so I, I love it. I love the videos. I
0: will love the book. I'm sure of it. So, Tom, where can people find us? So you can uh, email us, our email. We love to read your emails. We we try to answer them all. We try to read them all. Uh, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Comment, reach out to us. You know, we like you see at the beginning of each episode, we try to read the feedback and interact with you guys. And then our podcast, we're part of the great Pantheon Podcast Network, so we're on all the big, all, all the platforms. Wherever you can get a podcast, you can hear us. Uh, we have our great Facebook group, the Shouted Out Loudcasters. We share all kinds of stories, pictures, articles. We try to share Joey's business on there too. Uh, you should be you should be following him anyways on his own social medias. Yeah, you haven't yet we try to we try to share his stuff on that group and our buddy ed from click t shop click with a k he sells amazing kiss inspired gear um as well as shouted out Loudcast gear and other podcast stuff well uh, as well so uh our buddy ed he's been on the show before too so check him out click t shop with a k
1: yeah and uh to just to Hop on what Tom Thomas saying. The best way, you know, is email shoutitoutloudcast@gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast@gmail.com, and you could always send us DMs. We take them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tell us what you think. Tell us that you think uh, Joey makes a lot of sense or that he's an idiot. We're happy to hear it or <laughs> um, <I'll> do both. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just as we're about to hang up and finish this up, we got an episode, uh, an email that I ha- I feel like we have to read it. Go ahead. Just uh, you know, to let you know, these are the type of emails we like hearing And this one is titled, and the reason I have to read it Is because it's titled, Pandemic Paul
0: wow, I love <laughs> Oh it. shit, here we go
1: Hi guys, first of all, two emails, the other one is going to be about the bonus episode And it's going to be a long one, I think So he's probably talking about Blizzard of Oz, love that album uh, But first, about Talk to Me too. I'm with you on what you discussed. I can't believe how little Kiss has done during the pandemic. Even if they've only released selected songs from various performances in the vault, it would be a great way to keep fans engaged. And they could use it as a way to raise funds for the charities they support. Paul started out strong. Those guitar videos are great, especially as a guitarist. But I also love being behind the scene peaks. A little look at how that stuff comes together and the artist's That are kicking Kiss's ass at other artists Are kicking Kiss's ass at that I disagree with you slightly about Soul Station stuff I'm not excited about it but I am curious to see it But combined with the cooking And painting stuff This does have a tinge of Paul trying to prove He's a serious artist Which kind of shows A little disdain for Kiss And their legacy But I'm way more excited about Ace's Origins Volume 2 Than the Soul Station stuff And who would have thought that Ace would be far more productive musically than Kiss? Four albums in six years, all after the last Kiss release. The other stuff, meh. It's cool to see what the guys do away from their main gig, but at least act like the other gigs still exist. I used to think Paul was the one who had his shit together better than everyone else in the band. But lately, he just comes across as a little insecure about his legacy, like he wants to be more than Paul Stanley of Kiss, which is sad because it's a legacy that few can match. And this is my Fat Man on Guitar. He's a great <laughs> Twitter follower. And um, What an email. I wanted to get to this. I wish we read it in the beginning, but I didn't want to leave the episode where we we're talking about that previous episode without hitting on this. Um, I think we hit a lot of the topics he hit on a lot of the topics we discussed. I don't mean to rehash that, but these are the kind of emails we love getting and the type of stuff interaction we love. Thought-provoking shit or even uh people want to tell us they want to try
0: products that we we hawk on the show, right? <laughs> that too. That too. That that's a that's a great email though. He, he he hit some interesting points. And you know, it is nice to see that, you know, there's kind of a united front on some of the unhappiness with, with, with kiss. And like we said before, we love the band and our unhappiness comes from our passion for the band. And we want more out of them. So, you know, th- thank you. Fat man on guitar, also known as Alan, <laughs> but thank Who could me. be, or any local podcaster. could be <laughs> <too>. <laughs> But thank you for that email. No, that, that was, that was great. That was awesome.
1: But before we go, we always go to famous last words. So Joe, you got something
2: for us? I got a little something. I got a little something. Okay. So here we go. So many times it happens too fast. You trade your passion for glory. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. It's the eye of the tiger, baby
0: oh my god he's doing eye of the tiger lyrics i mean because it's, it's
2: your favorite song we know that it's, we know it's that my favorite song of all time i mean it, it's a, it's a message that if any if you don't get pumped up when you hear those lyrics in that song you are a complete pope.
0: joey um, i'll tell you real quick i have loved that song since it came out i, I that's one of the reasons why i still love rocky 3 the greatest rocky movie of all time i don't oh. care what anybody says hey boy hey boy after i crucify him. you next.
1: Oh, Clubber Lang. Exactly. When I I watch that YouTube of Clubber Lang lines that they have, it's like four and a half minutes of it. Oh, yeah. It says in that movie, I think it's the funniest fucking shit of all time. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Listen here. Since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I'll tell you what. Bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight,
2: and I'll show you a real man. Hey woman! Don't forget about Don't forget about Thunderlips, the ultimate male. Oh I mean right. Thunderlips is here in the flesh,
0: baby.
3: <laughs> oh my God! The ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball.
0: <laughs> against on. the against the ultimate meatball. Exactly right. <laughs> Shut up, old man! <laughs> hey woman! <laughs> Shut up, old man! I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> hey, <woman. laughs> I want to go up
1: nowadays to somebody and go, "Hey woman!" Hey, woman. (laughs) See
0: how that works. See, but then when you say "Hey, woman," then my mind automatically clicks to Eddie Murphy, delirious, and I I hear him saying, "You look mighty fine in them jeans."
3: Hey, boy. Hey, boy. You look mighty cute in them jeans. Now come on over here and fuck me up, ass Come on. I'm
1: going to bend over now. Mm. Ah. Hey, boy, slow
3: down. You're going to mess around and come too fast. If you get mad, I'll clench up my butt cheeks and rip your dick off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. We're oh, gonna be it's here. so good. We're going to be here all night. Oh, I geez. heard you do some jokes about me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't. And baby if you do what you've been told my insulation's gone girl you make me overload <laughs> don't pull the plug on me no no keep it in and keep me high ooh <laughs> that's right D, don't like forget it. promo code loudcast
2: adamandeve.com <laughs> you know what goes good with adam and eve if you read my book while you use their products it's it, it's perfect oh god
0: I'll sell some more books. Get the Joey Casada special from com. (laughs) Ooh. Stop
2: right there. Can that be the whole thing? That would be great. That should be the lyric right there. (laughs) Lyric of... Because everybody else is here. Yes.
1: Everybody else is here. Everybody else is here.
0: Watching us.
1: Oh
2: God, the, dram- the, the dramatic readings are the best. It's, oh. it's really, it's, it's great. This, I mean, this, we could incorporate this somehow into the, into the pandemic Paul cartoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joey, thank you so much, dude. This has been a blast. Uh, everybody. I, we hope you guys enjoy the extra long extended episode. When Joey's here, it's always going to happen. We had a blast. we We can't thank you enough for joining in on the fun with us, buddy. Thank you.
2: Guys, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You know, it's always a blast. If you, I mean, I know we ran super long. Tom, if you wanted, you can make this episode much more listenable. Just cut everything Zeus says out. <laughs> and, you know, we cut an hour out of the show, it'll be a perfect episode.
0: Hey, nobody, people out there, they got nothing better to do. They can afford a two and a half, three hour episode of Shut It Out Loudcast. They're fine. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yep. But like our friend Newman says, when you control the editing on a podcast
0: you control information oh, information
1: all right all right all right you go ahead you go ahead you keep it secret but you remember this when you control the mail you control
3: information
1: <laughs> that's right uh joey thank you very much tom thank you kiss army thank you peace out girl scout
0: Oh